Start now. I'm gonna clap. That's an edit point. Okay. <laughs> Welcome, Porter's on. Hey. <laughs> Hi, everybody. All right. That's Stephen Porter. That's Stephen Porter. Yes. And I think we did have more than one Porter at like a very small point of overlap. So I think what I years was on were my you there? Out. What years were you in Juan Pessoa? I was there. So including the MTC, mm -hmm. which is two months, I was my mission was September 2002 to 2004. Okay, so you and got some gotten, Geishwantner year. I might year. have left. You yeah, were there for a couple of Geishwantner. Yeah, I think I had him for about a month. And that's like a little bit earlier than two full years because they're like the semester starting. And so everyone was like, getting back just before the semester started the next semester so who's in start. your group in the mtc or showing up to the mission hutchins other zachary hutchins uh -huh. um i know him the most because we spent we spent missionary companions together and then we were in the office together for a long time um whew, elder hansen and I'm, I'm going to be bad with first That's names. That's Jonathan Hansen. I think so. That sounds right. No, okay. I think it was Elder Jonathan. Yeah, I think you did go by Elder Jonathan. Because there was another was Elder my Hansen. Airplane, airplane companion. Okay. There was another Elder Hansen that was, I think was in the same group. Well, there was, was like one that was way younger than from... me too. I don't know. He might have came in after November 20, 2004. Oh, I don't know. Jonathan, did he look a little like um, Elder what, Jonathan, who is Jonathan Hansen, had black hair? Black hair, yeah. Yep. Who was and the other then, Elder Hansen? There was a Hansen in your group. I might be misremembering. I should have probably got my journal out. So can, <laughs> no, like, we're gonna go the off names. the fly. This is gonna be great. I remember. I don't know why. I remember the sisters' names pretty good. So Who's I remember that? Sister Brittany Rose, uh, Sister Bourne. Oh, I remember them okay. I remember, uh, oh my gosh, I had their names in my head. Like, And they would have left six months before. They would have left six months before, but you might have overlapped that a little bit. You weren't that far. How much did you do, uh, Bishwantner, and how much were you? I was about half. So okay. I got there in August of 2003 and left in August of 2005. Okay. Well, based on so far, I'm really bad with names already, and I'm realizing that that doesn't get <laughs> like skipped for mission names. So that's true for that just as much. Okay, we're gonna piece it together. Sure, I'm on your side. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> I need that. <laughs> I remember. 
Hold on. Yeah. So what we're going to do is we're going to do it's uh, September 2004 and you get home and we're going to do a reader's digest of the last uh, what 17 post years mission. post mission catch everyone okay. up on your life since November 2004. If you can do year by year or general life events or where you've moved to or significant events and or anything that's happening up until now and then we're going to jump back to september 2002 and we're going to go like flying Should probably Brazil. jump back to september 2001 just so we can you know make sure and remember 9 11 then jump forward a year to <laughs> hey, when i went on my mission never forget never forget that's a rule that's it's stated that way on purpose so okay september 2024 Wait, what? No, it's the future. <laughs> oh, four. 2004. <laughs> wow. And that'll be like 20 years later. That's kind of crazy. Yeah. So, okay. I got back. Um, and first You're thing I Orem, got... Orem, right? Yeah. So, Orem, native, born and raised. I was born in Provo, lived in Provo for like, as a toddler, but I'm not... I think I remember you being like neighbors with the webs yeah there patrick he was yeah patrick and his dad was my bishop when i like right before i left and then they switched and so that uh, the patrick's dad was college best friends with my dad and so we went on family vacations together as kids mm -hmm. and then they kind yeah, of i remember we figured that connection out they that drifted apart cool. and i haven't seen them in years <laughs> yeah that happens yeah it happens, happens to the best of us happens Anyway, um, I remember I got back and the first thing I made my family do, this is like a little insight into me, is the first thing I made my family do is like, let's go get some Arby's. I haven't had Arby's in forever. Yes. And that was like yes. my favorite thing to do growing up was eat at Arby's. And it's continued to be something that as much as people say it's not good food, I'm like, oh, I still like it. It's the fine. celebratory Arby's meal is always called for. I worked at Arby's mm -hmm. as a teen. That was my first I think job. You may, have, you may have mentioned that too. I didn't know if I told every elder. I was like, hey, I'm Elder Porter. I love Arby's. Let's <laughs> get that out of the way. I love horsey sauce. Bronco Berry yes. is so fun. <laughs> is it? I don't know if I like it. Anyway. Anyway, I got back <laughs> from my mission and uh, I tried to be a pretty good missionary like return missionary i felt like i did a decent job went to a singles ward mm -hmm. did that stuff you live at home I, I was living with my dad at the time so my parents were divorced and i moved back in with my dad who i was living with before i left okay which is still in orem um started going to school working doing all the normal stuff and then i start like i was not a fan of the singles ward before i left and it was, they hadn't fixed anything since I got back from my point of view. So it was still not my favorite place to go. Yeah. So I started, so before my mission, I actually, to give a little bit of history before I get, move on to this point, I had a couple of years where I stopped going to church. And before my mission, I had sort of like re-energized myself. I'm like, I'm going to go do this thing, refine myself, rediscover like, this purpose in my life really 
get back into church and make that a really important thing to me. And so I had, so I worked on that for like a year before I went out on a mission. So I went out later than most people. I was like 21 when I went out. What year did you graduate high school? 2000. Okay. 20. I keep, I keep adding 20 years. Uh, Yeah, I was 21 when I went out. I thought I said 2021 again. Anyway, so I was 21. I had a couple years on most of the elders, not really on any of the sisters. So about the same age as them. Yeah. Anyway, so when I came back, it was not that different for me to start falling back into like, oh, it's I'm going to work on Sunday. And I just sort of stopped going to church and then like had to stop and re like really think about what I wanted to do going forward with my life. So without going too deep into it, I reassessed what I thought was important to me and what I like how I wanted to structure my belief system in my life and decided to take a break from church and try and just live my best life and do what I thought was right. Yeah. And that's kind of all I've been doing since then. So I haven't been going to church for that many years. I don't see myself going back. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So that happened about a year after I got back. That's a pretty eventful, I think a pretty big event in my life. Um, went to school for a couple of years and then <clears throat> actually got a job that paid pretty good. Where'd you go to school? UVU. You're doing like programming or? Yeah. So I studied, I started studying computer science and digital art. And the art path in academia, I'm just going to say, this is my hot take on academia, that art is not a place where you can learn to do academia, like, or you can learn to do art and drawing because it is really, it's fine. Like, if you like the way that they're taking you, I think it's great. But if you're trying to do stuff different than what is the norm, Uh as far as art goes, trying, like, trying to do something different, like, you fail this class because you didn't follow the instructions, yeah. which is fine, but it's like, it's not what I wanted to do. Okay. So uh, I bailed from doing art and focused more on the computer science part. And then I had a couple of semesters, I actually took a semester where I, was, where I tried to test out of all this Portuguese because I was like, yeah, I can get these arts credits out of the way and demonstrate that I have this skill on paper. Yeah. And the two days that I was, they had two days you could test out. And uh, the first day I couldn't do it because of taking another test. And the second day, apparently everyone else had taken the test. So like, oh, we're not doing it this day. Everyone already did it. And it's like, but I, I didn't. And they're like, oh, well, we're not having that test anymore. No. So <laughs> that was the last day I set foot as a student in UVU. Cause I was like, screw that. I'm not going to pay them anymore if they're going to pull these shenanigans. Yeah. And I like went and I called them and tried to see if I could get it started up again and they had all these hoops and I'm just like, no, nah, I'm done with it. I've already got a decent job. Mm-hmm. I'm just going to move forward and maybe come back if I decide that I don't have the skills I need professionally, whatever, but I haven't looked yeah, back yet. I, haven't I mean, when you're working, school. you just like get the skills by working on it while you're yeah. working, not going back to school unless like they require an MBA or some other degree. Mm-hmm. Programs are a little bit different where 
they hire you based on your skills and not based on your degree. Yeah. And I mean, if you're, if you've got a big workforce you're trying to pick from, mm-hmm. it's a really good indicator of who you can trust to be able to do a certain amount of things in programming. Yep. Yep. But if they've got work experience, that's easily just as good in that field. So it's worked out. Great. So I didn't finish my schooling. So I'm a dropout officially. Yeah. Pretty great. Um, <laughs> but I've been working ever since. And I've always had like a pretty good job. I think I got laid off once and was able to jump into another job pretty quick. Mm-hmm. And that's like the closest I, where I was like, oh no, do I have to go back to school? Oh, I got a job. Safe. That was close. So yeah. work-wise, it's been good. Um, I started working at the job I have now where I'm almost at 10 years working at Entrada. How was the, the 2008, 9, 10 recession? For, in, for you. Okay. Well, I... Were you impacted at all? No. I, I was still living with my dad at the time. Because I was Except in for school. one of those years, I wasn't. I, yeah. I was at BYU until 2009, and I graduated in 2009, and there were no jobs to be had. <laughs> so a lot of my, uh, I don't know, co-students or whatever, co-graduates, went on to graduate school for GIS degrees and I went and got a different programming job. Hmm. So I don't know what, if you were, you were still, you just were working through the whole thing and. Yeah, I was in, I was in a industry, I guess that was recession proof, which is an MLM industry. And looking back, I'm like, I guess it was, I mean, they were paying me and they didn't lay me off yet. Uh-huh. Like a couple of years later, they laid everyone off, but it wasn't directly tied to the recession. But yeah, so are you, do you I mostly work with like startups and stuff in Utah County or jumping around? Uh, no, I haven't yet. I've worked on a couple, I guess Entrada could be seen like it technically is a startup, but I didn't jump in when it had like only okay. a few dozen employees. They had a couple hundred by the time I started. But I'm not quite in that field of like all these new tech companies that want to hire a programmer, etc. Okay. So I haven't had that experience, which sounds not like my cup of tea. It sounds really risky and I don't do well with that. Yeah. That can be stressful. For sure. I'm stress averse. Me too. For sure. <laughs> um, so I started at Intrada, which was property solutions at the time. And then a probably seven, I started dating a girl who I met at the company before that I was working with. Like I worked with her for three years and then on the tail end of three years, we started actually dating. And so I count that towards our time of dating. So it yeah. doesn't seem like I did the typical Utah thing of, the, the, of marrying someone burn. within like a year. <laughs> but after we dated officially for like, I think six or seven months and then got engaged and married a few months later. So that was exciting. I made it, I married under 40. So check that goal off of my list of things to feel awkward about. (laughs) But uh, what year was that? That would have been 
so we got married i got engaged and we got married the same year so it would have been 2012 okay so i'm now divorced so okay. it's it's okay that i don't remember the date sure that I'm married. <laughs> that's sure so it's now okay um we stayed married for about 7 years it was like we were pretty happy but things sometimes don't work out okay um we didn't have any kids so getting divorced wasn't nearly as much of an issue as it could have been because i think that's a big thing when you have kids and get divorced yeah we got divorced about 2 years ago so that's another big thing other than that like some other crazy stuff has happened in my life. I went blind at one point. So I found out I saw a little your bit foot after getting stuff. back. Yeah, we should show those. You should put those pictures. No, I, don't, I, wish, those, <laughs> I wish those pictures on no one. <laughs> <laughs> I went, so I've had a couple of diabetes related things happen to me. Yeah. I, I, didn't have a di- I didn't have diabetes until after my mission. And they're like, oh, like all of a sudden I'm like, my hands and feet feel really weird. I don't know what's going on. And they're like, oh yeah, you've got pretty serious diabetes. You need to start taking care of that. I'm like, great. And that was a big shock. Like, mm-hmm. And it, it became more shocking the, the longer I looked into it. Like your lifespan is severely shortened. You have to worry about all kinds of diseases, which yeah. we'll get into soon, which all have happened to me. Like different... Uh, health conditions, I guess, is one way to put it. Mm-hmm. So I got diabetic cataracts, which basically means that I, my eyes like recovered with like fog constantly. It would just get worse. Yeah. I'd have the lenses replaced. That was back in 2012 as well. Maybe 2011 that that started. Um, I got those replaced, did pretty good. And then all of a sudden... I got some really bad blisters on my feet that got infected and I had to, I had to go in to the ICU because like I had like severe flu-like symptoms and was getting faint and basically the infection was like starting to, like they got really infected and I didn't think it was that bad but by the time we got to the hospital like oh that was bad and then they said I had type 1 diabetes which if you're not dealing with that as type one diabetes, you could get, you could die pretty easily. Okay. So my body was basically starting to shut down and I didn't know it because I was just like, oh, I just have the flu, whatever. Yikes. And as you saw, there's some pretty sketchy pictures Eesh. of after surgery on both my feet. So they got pretty wrecked. If you're friends with me on Facebook, but you can find them, they're out there. <laughs> <laughs> they're not safe for work. So you at your own leisure yeah so but i i've taken care of my diabetes as a type one person since then pretty well okay but still i'm still working on one foot one foot hasn't recovered from about three years ago and just trying to get it to heal has been rough because you walk on the bottom you walk on your feet all the time so it's really hard to heal yeah so and I got divorced a couple of years ago and have just been working still. I feel like my life story is just working. And then every once in a while, 
big life events, big life along, events. and then back to work you know <laughs> what about india yeah so with my job i get to travel a lot which is not well i get to travel to india once a year for about three weeks and i've done that a few times and that's crazy the idea of getting to go outside of the united states was not something that i really had in my plan so other than brazil i haven't mm-hmm. been a lot of places except for really recently but i got to go to india and meet the people there india is great by the way for anyone who can uh stomach indian food which i love mm-hmm. if you love indian food it's a great place to go if you don't like indian food you'd pretty you'd be somewhat hard off hard up to like really enjoy it just because yeah it's like the best part but yeah um been to india i've actually been a couple places i've been lucky enough to go to london and spend a day in paris and a day in amsterdam on my way back from india so that's kind of a perk of traveling out there like why not spend a day here or there yeah so it's great it's been cool yeah I've gotten to see the world a lot more than I thought, which is awesome. My passport's expired. <laughs> oh, that's a fun story. Oh, no. <laughs> so on my wedding eve, the day before my wedding, we had our tickets to go to uh, some place in Mexico, Encino, I believe. Um, we had like a hotel reserved and everything. Yeah. And I was like, oh, let me get my passport out so I make sure that I have that somewhere safe where we can get it. This is the same passport I had gone on my to my mission. So that's a little bit like 10 years out from my mission, right? Uh-huh. Yeah. It turns out that it had been expired for three months when I dug it out. And I just pulled it out and I looked at it. And I'm just like, honey, we've got a problem. Just a cold sweat. I'm just like, <laughs> I'm for like a minute, I think I looked at it just like, how do I fix this? How do I fix this before I have to tell her that we can't go uh-huh. on our honeymoon? Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> my grandma actually came to the rescue. She had a timeshare in Hawaii, and okay. don't, I didn't need an active passport to get there. So yeah, that was a pretty big save. Anyway, that's a fun passport thing. You got to get your passport renewed so that you can go somewhere, Chad. I do. Well, I need to start over now. I can't renew it. Well, yeah, that's probably true. <laughs> Isn't it easier? I feel like it should be easier to get. Yeah, it if it's new. like within a year or within it, three years, I think you can renew it. But mine's like way expired. Has yours been since your mission too? Yeah. Mm. Yeah. You got to do that. I do. Traveling you, is traveling is awesome. Listeners, beware. Though. Oh, we. I yeah. mean, yeah. I just haven't done any international. We. I travel a bunch inside the States. <laughs> yeah. And there's cool places in the States. I just feel like at well, at, at, there's a certain part of it. Like it's still America. It's pretty safe. Mm-hmm. Not that the other places are necessarily dangerous, but you, it doesn't really feel like it feels pretty different to go to another country. Just like going to Brazil. It's pretty different yeah. when you're there and you're like, I'm nowhere near anything that i'm used to yep i went to mexico in 2008 as part of like a cruise and then also just a trip um and that was the last international 
But then starting in 2008, I've pretty much had a kid every, so I have five kids and my youngest is three and my oldest is 13. So during like that 10 year span or 13 year span now, it's just been like leaving the kids and traveling internationally has been put off. And now we're starting to scheme of <laughs> like, where do we want to go? So how old's your youngest? My youngest has just turned three, mm-hmm. three years. So I've got a toddler and I got a teenager and I've got five boys. So it's great. All, all five? Yeah. Nice. All five boys. It's very fun. That is fun. Yeah. I work for a whole basketball team. Yeah. I work for the department of energy. They have a test site outside of Las Vegas where they did all the atomic testing back in the day. Mm -hmm. And now they do like other work and it's still there though. So anytime people want to do work, they want to know where the known and potential hazards are or any unexploded ordinances or radiation areas or whatever. And then there's also like 600 buildings and thousands of employees and all this interior space. And so we, we make interior space maps and as well as hazard maps. And I do all the web applications. Interior space map. Does that mean like in buildings? Yeah. Like inside a building, the floor plan, the space, what org uses that space, what charge codes are using, what employees assigned to that space. What's the space type, Hmm. cubicle, office, lab, workstation, storage bay, that kind of thing. And then we use that for like a, taxing purposes and things like that cool way fun database management and web applications i don't know if you've heard of esri or work work with any gis at all but that's Mm -hmm. what i do maps i like apps apps are cool fun that's yeah that's the that's a crazy life porter that's that's nuts so far, I feel like it's just going to get crazier. <laughs> so what are you doing now? You're just working and you dating anybody? Yeah, I'm working from home. So mm-hmm. my company has been really cool. It looked like they were going to bring everyone back in. And I was kind of bummed by that because I was getting used to not having to drive to work every day. Yeah. Has and it been they, better for your foot healing? It has. Because like I had to get in and out of my wheelchair my car put my wheelchair away every time i got there and back it was a big hassle and then being able to just be really less mobile in my workspace in my room has been really good for helping my foot heal and not constantly be moving around on it yeah although i did get a pretty good arm workout with my wheelchair like there's a lot of muscles you don't really use until you have to push a weird angle around crazy can you do a wheelie i tried i tried my hardest just to learn how to do a wheel and i never could figure it out and it's probably just because i'm not coordinated enough (laughs) to do that but yeah no wheelies um and i'm finally mostly done with the wheelchair i think last time i used my wheelchair is when i was at lagoon which is great if anyone ever gets seriously injured. <laughs> yeah. You just skip the lines and it sounds it sounds great and it is great. I'm here to say for sure it is great. It's great. Hit the lines and they let you ride the rides twice in a row. And you're like, why? And they're like, ah, people are going to just get back in line and we just save you from having to come back through the gates. And I'm like, that works for me. 
Let's go twice. <laughs> so don't skip Lagoon if you're hurt. Just bite the bullet and get pushed around in a wheelchair. <laughs> That's my advice from the from the podcast. Have, have you gone back to Brazil at all? Did you want to do that? No, I haven't been back to Brazil. Um, I think there was a lot more um, pull for me to go back to Brazil while I was still a member of the church. Uh-huh. And now I like if I went, it would be to show someone else around that wants to go there. Yeah. So unless some, I have someone else that's like, I really want to go to Brazil, will you come and like translate sort of a, a translator or a guide uh-huh. since you've been in, been around? I feel like, I mean, spending two years in there, you get a pretty good lay for the land. You're like, I have a good idea what's safe and what's not safe to do, yep. how easy it is to go get food, when, where, stuff like that. So I could be a decent guide, not as good as like an actual person who lives there, but mm-hmm. So I think that would be the circumstance in which I would go back or if I got a job that's like, we'll pay you X amount of money to go do stuff in Brazil and like, I'll do that. But I don't have a personal draw to go there. Like, I think that as far as all the people, when I left, there was one person who was baptized that I taught, excuse me, that was still active in the church out of all the other people. And I'm like, that's a bummer. And they they were done i think a month after my mission and i think that's a pretty common story unfortunately for a lot of people in our mission and maybe brazil as a whole yeah but i i don't know if that's necessarily specific to brazil even i think that's true for a lot of converts it, it's hard to stay active like without that support center i think we yeah. all know that yep it's not a secret but yeah, without that, I think it's hard to have a draw to go back. Where are you living now? Are you in Orem? I'm in Eagle Mountain, so okay. not that far. It's still Utah County, technically. Yeah. Um, but it's pretty far out here. Yeah, on the it's other like, side of the lake, mm-hmm. it's blowing up. It is. Like Eagle Mountain's a good place to move if you can afford it with the prices these days. Uh-huh. It's probably cheaper than most places. Like I got in... I got like a decent sized house for like 225. Yeah. And I don't think you can buy a like Rambler for 225 now. It's crazy. Yep. I bought this Las Vegas house in 2014 for 315 and it's worth 600. That's awesome. It's awesome, (laughs) but it's like, I can't sell my house. I got to live somewhere. You got to live. Well, what's not, what's nice is, I'm still paying mortgage on a, on a, what, two, 260, I refinanced on a 260 um, mortgage where someone's going to move into this neighborhood this year, they're going to pay double the mortgage yeah, for the same house. Unfortunately. But then three years before the same house was selling for like 200,000 because Las Vegas in 2011 was nuts. <laughs> you could buy anything. So I am dating someone right now and she bought a house right before, like a couple months before COVID started Uh and prices were starting to escalate pretty seriously already at that time. Yeah. But already she doesn't have to pay the, uh, is it mortgage insurance? Uh 
like because the uh, the amount the valuation of the house yep. went up that much she just got it reappraised and a ton and, of money and dropped and that so off if you're out there this is tip number two for everyone listening in this is great see if you can get rid of your pmi insurance because that's money in your pocket put it and then pay more on your mortgage when you get that tip you think? number two i think so unless i mean if you've got bills you figure out your situation but don't just don't just put that into fun money pay your mortgage off more unless you're if you're moving out in four years or less don't pay your mortgage off just keep your mortgage regular but if you're planning on keeping your house take that extra money roll it into your debts whatever your worst debt is maybe it's not your loan anyway here's well we're we're talking to post Shuan Pessoa missionaries we don't carry around debt <laughs> except for mortgage but what i would suggest is not to pay off your mortgage but max out your 401k and your IRAs every year. Well, yeah. I mean, <laughs> that's what I do. That's why I suggest it. I don't know if that's the, the right way, but it's what I do. Here's the way I see it. The, mm-hmm. Like even with mortgage debt, you're guaranteed to pay that. You have a guaranteed percentage you're going to get on your debt every year. Whereas with 401ks or ROIs, you might have a year where there's a recession where the stock market's just bad or the stocks that you have in your 401k just don't do well. That's not a guarantee. It might be like my 401k. I think a lot of people's 401k for the last five, maybe mostly like five or six years has been really good Mm -hmm. since the last recession, essentially it should have been really good, Yep. but we could get hit with another two or three years where it's bad versus a guaranteed return on your investment by just chipping away at that debt because that debt's gonna happen no matter what but that's the that's the safest that's even safer than a 401k if you can believe it but having extra money in that 401k would be good i like and it's been doing well you know what what if you do it all just split it no i mean just max out and pay off your mortgage wouldn't that be fun yeah if you've got the cash, you should do that. <laughs> I'm doing, so most people, uh, this is, might turn into a financial discussion. Let's do it. Podcast. I want to hear it. So if you are working at a place that does matching 401k, you better be getting the max match out of that company. This shouldn't be a surprise. Yeah, that's like but, 3% or something. Yeah. So at my company, if I put in 8%, they put in two, the extra 2% to get to 10% okay. of your earnings or whatever so definitely do that because that's money on the table that you're gonna just miss out on and that's tip number three it's pre-tax too so yeah i do mine i do roth so i'm doing uh so i'm paying taxes on my 401k so that Uh i don't take it when i get it out because i'm willing to bet taxes will be higher when I retire than they are now. I feel like that's a safe bet. So I'm maxing out the 18.5 401k. My company's contributing three if I match three, and then I'm adding like another 15 or 12% on top of that. So I'm maxing out the 18.5 and I'm maxing out a six grand for me and a six grand for Rachel on our Roth IRAs. So that's after tax. Wow. And so we're, that's what we're doing for investments right now. It's all like the 
the retirement. Does that leave you a lot of uh, walking money? Does that leave you plenty of money for, I can't think of the word so I can sound smart on your podcast. <laughs> this is... your, your, your fun money, whatever that's called. Yeah. I, I want to say discrepancy spending, but I know that's not the right word. Yeah, I got a 10% raise last year. <laughs> yeah. Technically, it's an 11% raise. Okay, yeah, 11%. Because... <laughs> That's always nice. Um, yeah, Where, how do we get on that? Oh yeah, PMI. So <laughs> if you've got your PMI, I recommend not just going, not just buying Lagoon passes every month. I don't know what you do. It's like a lot of money. If you don't think it's a lot of money, you should, you might not be paying attention to what you're paying, but it's like 300, 400 extra dollars that you do not, yep. it doesn't help your it doesn't help your interest or it do anything. You for can you. avoid You're PMI altogether it. by down you by paying 20% down on your loan. When you buy your house, if you've got it, you got a lot it. of people, I did a five, I did house. 5% down when I bought my house and I had PMI and then the market went up after what, two years. And then I got it re um, what's it called? Appraised or whatever. Mm-hmm. And, and the PMI dropped off because of this or because of the market value. So when I got married, uh, it was $400 we, to get it appraised. So that $400 paid for itself like in two months the, or less. Yeah. Or less. Yeah. So when I first got married, um, we bought a duplex and we had that for about five years. And before we moved into this house, which was built like it was a new construction. So we had enough from just the equity of that duplex to be way past the 20%. Nice. So we, did, we were in PMI for this house. So that was great. So property is awesome. I feel bad for the people who might not get to do that. Because... Are you still friends with your ex or was it like yeah, bad news? Yeah, it was amicable. Okay. It was a little like, I think anyone getting divorced, it's like, you have to mourn a relationship. So that part's hard, mm-hmm. but I see her once in a while. We share a little dog. We still have a dog from our marriage that I get to watch once in a while. Okay. So I get to see her and we don't have bad feelings. I'm sure feelings were hurt yeah. on both sides, but we're, put, we're pretty friendly. So I really am thankful for that. We didn't have any really nasty marriage lawsuits or anything. We just figure stuff out on our own. And that's a blessing for sure. Because yeah. things can go south for everybody. And then you really can't be friends after that. But yeah, we still get along. Um, I I bought out her half of the house. So I still live in the house that we bought. Okay. So that's nice. My brother, or sorry, my sister and her family live with me. So if you hear any background noise like dogs or kids crying, those aren't mine. That's my niece and my sister's family. Is that a short-term or a long-term thing? They said short-term when they moved in, but Uh I was like, I don't think so. I'm fine with it. Like I had an empty house. Yeah. And they pay rent because I I know who they are. They can't get away. So they can't run (laughs) off without paying rent. That's right. You can track them down. So... I, I moved from being all by myself in this big house to all into just this room with like a pretty big closet. Uh, other than that, it's great. Yeah. And even that, I don't care. Yeah. 
All I'm right. a Jean-Pessoa guy. I don't care about living in one room. I don't even have to sleep in a hammock. It's awesome. <laughs> That's right. All right, we're jumping back. You ready? Yeah. No more finance talk. Covered oh, man. it. We could go back to finance talk. Fun stuff. We might have to. If we get if we get too boring and the other subjects will excite us. Let's about do like mission finances. finance talk and how, how we can live off of those Mazadas. Oh, man. Don't <laughs> even say that. That's messed up. <laughs> So it's it's September two thousand and oh what two, and you're flying out of Salt Lake, go through Atlanta, and then down to Sao Sao Paulo, and you're flying yep. next to your mission or your oh, airplane. Elder companion. Jonathan. Elder Jonathan, Jonathan Hansen. He's a good guy. Um, we get to the MTC, and I'm just like. The whole, I think I, I can't be the only one that just feels like it's a dream. Just everything <laughs> that happens for like the first week, it's just like, this isn't real. And then like a little bit towards the end of that first week, you're like, okay, I'm, I'm definitely doing this stuff that it feels so abnormal. It feels so surreal. So we got to the mission in Sao, the MTC in Sao Paulo, which they still do that, right? Yeah. Well, Are I don't know. doing more countries. I'm I'm sure it's it was Brazil and somewhere else that had foreign NPCs. I can't remember the other place. Yeah, I don't I don't know any deets. So it's a fun, it's I think we dodged a bullet not going to the Provo MTC because I hear that it's weird. Well, and I went like, to I lived at the dorms at DT in mm-hmm. at BYU my freshman year. And I hear, well, the Canon or the Morris Center cafeteria is like the same food as the MTC cafeteria. And the dorms are like the center block walls and the mm-hmm. Provo. So, I mean, I pretty much lived the dorms for my freshman year year as the Provo MTC, but we had a lot more. I mean, you can't have girls. BYU sucks. <laughs> There's not a lot of, I mean, if but you I had a great time that as- life. Yeah. If you want that celibate, like I'm only here for school, but really I'm prepping for my mission. BYU is great. Yeah. Go there. Awesome. My my dad went to BYU, and so and my dad is not a fan of the church. Okay. So I'm like, why did you go to BYU? He's like, well, I when I was that age, I didn't think the same stuff. So, but yeah, BYU is a weird place. All I do is hear weird. I don't hear a lot of good things coming out of you, but but I agree with you that the Sao Paulo MTC sounds so much better than the Provo MTC. You get to like do like you'd go out and proselyte, even though it's only like a mile away. Uh You're doing stuff in Brazil. It's not in the middle of Provo, which would be a totally different experience. You you're not talking to non. Everyone's a member in Provo, so and they got that yogurt drink in the cafeteria mm-hmm. and i gained like 15 pounds right away oh man i was I so doughy there too <laughs> so i got to the mtc elder zachary hutchins was my companion there which okay i'm not talking ill zachary hutchins but i think he knows that he was not liked by your mtc group because he had a little bit of a chip on the shoulder because he was studying hard Portuguese 
before he got to the MTC. Okay. And he he definitely did better than us in the MTC as far as Portuguese. And when I met up back with him in the MTC, I was like, I got, so I got transferred a year into my mission to go work in the office. Mm-hmm. Sorry if I, I might've mixed up what I called that. No, I got it. But, so I got, I'm like, you're getting sent back to the office and your companion's going to be Zach Hutchins. And I'm like, oh no, I hate his guts. I didn't hate his guts, but <laughs> sure. I'm just like, yeah. he is going to be a lot. He's going to be so hard to work with. And he ended up being easily my favorite companion. Oh, great. Except for Chad Ricks. That's right. The semi-companions with him. He was number one. No, Zach was like, <laughs> I look up to him so much right now. I learned so much about him once we got out of MTC. That chip on his shoulder was gone. He was so down to earth. And it was like, he like said, ask for forgiveness for the way he was in MTC. I was like, everyone's not themselves at that point. I'm yep. not worried about it. Yeah. But like that, that initial missionary, like, Fog. I don't know what to call it, but everyone's a little bit not themselves. Mm-hmm. Anyway, ever back to the getting into the, into the MTC. I was like spent half my time like trying to be good at learning Portuguese, but I struggled. I was bad at it, and I'm pretty good with learning languages, but Portuguese was like I couldn't do it. So. Um, and that'll lead to a payoff a little bit later in the story of my mission. Okay. Anyway, in the MTC, it was really rough. I remember having a lot of really cool teachers there. The MTC teachers there were way cool, like really fun people. Mm-hmm. I really liked my, my MTC group. Like I, I miss getting to talk to a bunch of them. I don't really keep in touch with any of them. Um, but they were all good people. Um, I liked, there was a pizza shop right outside the MTC, which I'm sure survived just on missionaries going there on their, their P days, which they split up in a really weird way. I don't Uh know if they, like they'd send out one squad at a time. I don't know what they'd even call it, but people had weird P day schedules. Anyway, I, I liked that pizza shop. That was a lot of fun. Uh, got out into the field um, I remember meeting um, the mission president's family. Oh, remind me his name. Martins. Martins. Uh, uh, brother and sister Martins. Carlos Wizard so nice. Martins. The wizard. <laughs> and I can't remember her name. It is Irma, but that's obviously mm, not her yeah, name. Yeah, I don't know. Anyway, they're such, they're such nice people. I really look up to that aspect of them. They're really great. Um, I remember it being hot as heck getting off the plane onto the tarmac, uh-huh. like not even into the airport and being like, uh Oh, I have made a suit? mistake. Yeah. It is so hot and humid. It's crazy when you first get there and it doesn't wear off for like a month. It's just hot. So I remember that. Um, and I remember my first field companion, which is Paul Harris which hope like he befriended a lot of people online and tip number four, even if your lawn is turning Brown, Paul Harris tells me it will easily come back within a week of watering. So everyone in drought conditions, just a week, your lawn will be back. Don't worry about it. It's very uh, robust plant. 
I love these tips. Thank you, Paul Harris. Paul Harris, you rock. Paul Harris was a great guy. Uh, I really liked him. Where's he, he from? Had like a week left. I think he was from. I think he was from Utah. Um, I don't remember what part. I mean, he may be in Arizona now. I don't want to check now because we're on we're on borrowed time. So um, he was my. What time do you got to go? I'm fine with whatever. I'm not sure how long this is supposed to go. Okay. I'm I'm assuming till ten Nevada time. Yeah, sure. <laughs> um, we got all night. Paul Harris. I haven't kept in touch with him. We're Facebook friends, but he was such a good guy. But he was also like it was his last week of the mission, mm-hmm. which I think is semi-ideal for me. It was great because I didn't. I wasn't up to the pressure of going and teaching stuff yet. So I got to deal with sort of that chunky elder. It's like, hey, I've got sites to see. Uh I've got people, mostly like visiting people, tons of visiting people before I leave. Yeah. And I'm like, that's fine because I'm not ready. Like, I'm fine just to learn the language with doing this stuff. Because I sent sent Dylan home and we did a lot of like looking at... Did you? uh Uh-huh. Because he... Is he in my group? No, he is before me. Never mind. He isn't in my group. Okay. Yeah, but we spent a lot of time looking at hotels for his parents when his parents come and (laughs) stuff like that. That's true. I I think I remember hearing about that. That was funny. (laughs) Yeah, we went and bought CDs and basically just did home teaching or visiting people, which was great. I learned a little bit of language, but like I said, I was still struggling and I was having a lot of doubts about like, am I going to be able to learn this? This is really hard. Yeah. Um, I... And I, so I sent Paul Harris home and I got my second companion, which was uh, Sam Meacham. Mm-hmm. So I don't, I don't know if you know him. Something um, happened with Meacham. He, I don't know the details, but he has passed. Yes. Left. I don't know the details either. He has a wife. He had a wife and a kid. I think he has one kid, but a few years ago I was like I'm gonna catch up with him and Uh it was like a few months after he had passed there's not a lot of talk on his Facebook about what happened so I'm worried that it could be something not good there's like a Juan Pessoa Marchin's uh Facebook group and someone posted like a I think there might have been like a GoFundMe or some type of uh Sam Meacham memorial but I don't, I don't know him, or so I didn't really look into it. But I remember that name. Yeah, he was my second companion. Me and him got along. Old, Where'd you like, go? Really got along. What's your first area? Uh, Natal. Like I spent. Got any more specific? A lot of time in Natal. Any areas? Is there, is there more than one Natal? It more. wasn't in the favela. Favela. Uh. More than it one Natal, right. there's Zona Norch or Zona Sul. And then there's so many like areas inside Natal. There's like Santa Rain. We were in Nova Natal. That was my first area. It wasn't Nova Natal. It was just called like, it must have been Norch. I don't think it was split into North and South. But there was, Natal was an area. And then there was a favela right next to, to Natal that... I can't. I, if I had my journal, I could probably see okay. the name and it would so, pop in. But was it Zona Norch or Zona? It Sul? must have been. It was right next to that really tall cathedral that looks like a ski slope, like a ski launch thing. 
Does that okay. ring a bell? Kind of. Right in the middle of the city center, like smack dab. Okay. Which that, that I ended up going back to that area later on. It must have been for divisions. Is that the right word? Divisions when you do a split with someone? Yeah. So I went back and did a split and that hotel that someone had robbed the place and bust down the door. So they had like this plywood door and they had someone break in by crawling in like the, the water wall uh-huh. access area. It was a mess. And I was like, this is a really bad apartment. Oh no, I worked by, that's where I was with Elder Foster. So I actually got transferred there for a pretty short time. I think it was only like a month. I don't remember why it was that short, but it was pretty short. Anyway. <laughs> so you started in I, Natal. I started in Natal ended up back there later and I got the, the office to get them out of that, that apartment. Cause I was like, this is one of the worst apartments in the mission. I didn't know when I got there, that that was that bad. Uh-huh. after having experiences like you guys need to move them out of there it's not safe and it is gross it's a pretty grody apartment to live in okay but it's in the middle of the city so good luck finding an apartment they apparently did and it was an upgrade so i did my part yay <laughs> um so i got there was with sam Meacham for a few he was also i was his last companion so i sent him home um he was great I remember he taught me a lot about some of the, he was a hacker. So if you don't know Sam Meacham, he was big into hacking and had stories about how he had Comcast come and set up his internet and they had throttled his internet. And he was like, when they were doing it, he had his key logger set up on his computer. So he got the passwords to be able to go in and basically unthrottle his internet and have like the highest speed internet you could get. And I'm just like, you're such a, such a punk, such a hacker. I love it. <laughs> um, were you just living in twos or did you have four in your... We were twos. There was Ben Blakesley, I think was another companion, and Daniel Pereira. He was. Those two were the other companionship in that same unit with us. Uh-huh. So that was fun. And we actually went and did a lot more work with Sam but he was still on his way out, so he was pretty chunky. Um, one thing I remember, and that's when I had a really cool experience on my mission where we were on a bus coming home from an appointment and I was just like down in the dumps. I'm like, I'm having so much trouble learning the language. How am I supposed to teach the gospel or whatever, right? And there is a German couple speaking German like a few feet away. And I spoke German from high school, not great, but enough to understand them. And I like, I was like, oh, this will be fun. And I said a couple of things in German and they're like, they started saying stuff in German. It's like, I don't know that much German, sorry about that. And they started talking to me in English and they started asking me like, what are you doing here? And I got to like be a missionary for like the first time on my mission. I got to be like, oh, we're teaching about this. And they were interested, not like, Looking right. back, they weren't totally interested, but they are at least like asking me stuff and I could answer them because I could do it in English and they'd understand. And I was like, that day, like something kicked in me and I started learning Portuguese so easy after that because I think I wanted to be able to do that. And I felt like I was just getting held back by not wanting to learn the language necessarily. Okay. And for some reason, wanting to learn a language, who knew that makes a big difference in how well you learn the language. 
So I picked up Portuguese. Pretty Wait a good. second. Are you going to uh, give like a tip? A hot tip? Uh, want to tip, learn the language? Tip number five and six. <laughs> if you don't want to do something, it makes it harder to do that. Oh, yeah. So, so <laughs> either stop doing it or decide that you want to do it. Love it. Does that work? That yep. sounds like a really dumb tip. It's a great tip. <laughs> um. Yeah, so I picked up the language, like the whole mission after that. It feels like the mission was really hard up until that point. And other than specific events, it was easy after that. Once I wanted to learn language, I got to do what I was there for. And time went by in a flash, whereas it was dragging for those first few months, maybe. Okay. So if you're on the mission field watching this podcast, just figure out why you want to be there and it'll help a lot. Um, yeah. So I remember those, are, that's one of the most impactful missionary parts of that mission. Other than that, it's just hearing their stories. Like, and I'll just go through some of my favorites. Well, I still want to hear like a travel log areas that you went to companions that you had try to okay, piece I'll, that together. I'll do my best. Maybe so where after, did you spend your Christmas? um any of those type of things so this was pretty close to christmas when we got into the field uh-huh um so christmas was with meacham and i remember i remember the faces of the people we lived with but i can't remember the names okay of the of the people um i remember the guy that we went and spent christmas with really liked me because i'd sit and watch the fishing show with him that was on tv and then it was just and i knew about fishing i was like oh yeah this guy is he's like pulling his rod too soon and stuff like that he needs to like wait and just like sit there and enjoy that stuff with him and he, and he for some reason he's like you're the first elder that didn't want to just like shut off the tv and watch or read the scriptures and i'm like ah let's watch fishing let's watch the tv <laughs> which is mostly me just wanting to watch a fishing show uh-huh. whatever <laughs> He liked it. And then he ended up going back to church and he says it was because he liked me that I made a big impression on him. And I'm just like, I, that, I mean, that's great. And I think he was still going to church. He was just inactive at the time. Anyway, that's my success story from my mission. Love it. Um, uh, so we spent Christmas there and then I went to Nova Natal with, oh, I had his name a second ago. No, I forgot it. Salazar? no. That was a ways after Phillips. Right. Is there an elder Phillips? Philip Moulton? No. Phillips is, I think, his last name. Could be Phillips. I don't I'm know. wondering where my journal is. I could go grab it. <laughs> I just have I'd have a cheat sheet. It's too I've late for a journal. Well, you could grab it if you want to. No, I'm good. Well, this doesn't translate into the podcast, but I can see his face. So whoever you are, I'm pretty sure I'm gonna call you Elder Phillips, and that'll be your name. I spent I went to no one at all with him that was okay. my first transfer <clears throat> which is like across the river from uh-huh. regular natal yep zona norch yeah so i went over there um knocked a lot of doors over there like it was a definitely sit- different situation because in the middle of the city uh-huh. you can't knock a lot of doors yeah. everyone's in those apartments that are all locked down yep so you do a lot of uh referrals and activation which is fine like it's all missionary work um 
Toronto, went to uh, Nova Natal, spent a decent amount of time there. Um, Do you remember any of the other housemates? I think in that, oh, we did have a house. We did have another pair there. I remember that house in particular. Oh, I skipped over a story. So the first week, I'll be back. Yeah. The first week in my mission on in the field um, with Elder Harris, I got robbed by a guy. We went, we took a dark alley, which I took several of them. It was just this time there was a guy that like had been following us. Uh-huh. And he had a barbecue fork, which is like the two-pronged fork thing. Yeah. And he said to, and I spoke so little Portuguese at the time. All I could say was, que isso, que isso? <laughs> <laughs> And then Paul Harris is like, just give him, he wants your watch, give him your watch. And I took off my dinky Kmart watch. I was like, here. But like, it was just like, he walked away and I was just like, que isso, que isso? <laughs> That was such a great memory. And then I didn't tell my family for months that that had happened because I was told by, I think my brother-in-law told me not to tell those kind of stories till yeah. you're at it in the clear so your family doesn't freak out. Yeah. Plus it takes like a month for the mail to get back. So sure. no, no big worries. <laughs> anyway, that was the time I got robbed. Um, back to Nova Natal. Okay. There was another pair of missionaries. I can't recall who they were. So it shall be a mystery. But <laughs> I was, oh, starts with an L, a Brazilian. I'm not going to remember it. He did. Um, I remember he, Dan, Elder Danielle. No, that's not it. Anyway, there was an elder who was in Nova Natal with me. And we, he was one of the, he was the other elder in the other couple that was in that unit. And I remember him specifically because uh, he left a bunch of food in the oven um, with the oven off. I think he was just hoping to keep it warm and forgot about it. And we didn't notice it till a week later. We're like, why are there so many flies in the house? What is going on? And like, I tracked it down and I'm like, there's, oh my gosh, there's a bunch of flies coming out of the oven. And <laughs> I opened it up and there was full of some food, who knows what it was. And the walls of the oven were covered in maggots yeah. and flies everywhere. It's like a, like a horror movie where you open the oven <laughs> and it hits you in the face. It literally happened to me. And I was just like, did I swallow any? <laughs> And then spent like, I think the rest of the day cleaning out. I basically t- unconnected the oven. We took it outside and I just spent the whole day trying to de-egg and fly uh-huh. that oven. Yeah. So that we could not have an oven to use. So I remember that was in Nova Natal. That was pretty crazy. What house in Nova Natal? Do you remember the details of it? I remember it was a house behind a member's house. Like you'd go down the side alley behind their house and it was okay. like a mother-in-law type uh-huh. apartment that was back there and that the family loved Savada, but that could have been anyone 
I, I don't remember much details. Um, okay. I'm not even sure what details to give. It was I lived close in to three a houses in, no, in Nova Natal, but I don't think I lived in your, that house. On that same block, there was a, a tire store, like a repair slash tire store. Like not, a, like not a big one, just somebody's, this is my tire store that I'm okay. running kind of thing. Because I started my mission in Nova Natal with you. And then I went back there. That was at, a different house. At my yeah. year mark at, to a different house. And then I went back there to finish my mission at a different house. So I think Nova Natal is just notorious for switching houses around. Probably. I mean, this one was pretty firm because it was behind a strong member's house. So I'm okay. sure it stuck around, but I don't remember. Okay. Um, <laughs> got hit in the face with flies coming out. It was just so like gross. A, just like a horror movie. It was the grossest thing on my mission for sure. <laughs> so gross. Like, and then just like the idea that all these, oh, before I cleaned it out, I cooked them. Like I turned on the stove and cooked them because I'm like, I'm not gonna deal with all these with live, live. Uh-huh. maggots and stuff. And so they were cooked onto the sides of the stove and it was just caked. Like everything was maggots. It was gross. anyway that was the grossest thing um i was about to tell another great story (laughs) so after nova natal i think i went to i want to say i went to the mission uh, office after that so elder hutchins was my next companion okay and i spent like I want to say I spent like six months in the mission. What are you doing? Were you doing like finance stuff or? No, I was doing a lot of the bookkeeping, like taking the fiches and taking all the baptismal records and entering Uh them into spreadsheets that we would send off to to the the church HQ. Yeah. Like just reporting all of this data. And Luckily, it didn't happen very often, but I found a couple people that were baptized that were seven years old on the records. And I'm like, why would you send this in if it says that they're still seven? And I'm assuming it was a math error or a typo, but like we had to send those back. But that's like the funnest bookkeeping stories I have from inside the office. Um, one thing that was really cool in the office, though, with the members feeding you. Yeah, there's a, I feel like that was, there was only a couple places where I would say it was hard to get food. And at that time, it's like, we, we get enough money in our mazadas to take care of ourselves, but not everybody wants to. Yeah. Almost all my areas, I don't know what it was like for you, but I got fed everywhere super well. No, some areas, it was a struggle to fill up any calendar with, with members. I think the hardest place to eat was Mosoro, and that's because it was a new area. Okay. And in the middle of the desert. Like, mm-hmm. I don't know if you ever got up to Mosoro, but no, it was I was in Kaiko. That's Kaiko. the closest one to that, I think. Kaiko right? is south of Mosoro. Is it? Okay. I don't know if they even kept that going because it was rough. Oh, no. Like, it's, it's, it's a lot bigger. Salazar, is Salazar is a branch president in Mosoro. For real? Yeah. Salazar, that guy. <laughs> I think we've got a shared story about him. Um, <laughs> he's a good guy. 
That'd be I, Lip Salazar. He, he was such a character. Uh huh. He loved. Oh, what football team did he like? It wasn't oh, San, was like Grêmio. Grêmio, I think it was Grêmio. Oh, good memory. It was Grêmio. He loves them. Um. Where was I? Okay, so I went to the mission office and spent a bunch of time with Zach Hutchins, and that was great. Um, we had a lot of work to do. Which Did you like work fine. with the APs at all? Were they in and out, or were there any like who was the? I'd see them once in the a while. The other secretaries in the office with you guys. Uh, I can Elder. I can remember your face, but I can't remember your name. Oh, Sorry, that one Elder. too. <laughs> it's a lot of those. A yep. lot of those elders. <laughs> uh, okay. Yeah, I don't remember. What months was these? It was, I think, I I want to say I ended my second Christmas there. So I'm not sure. Like, it all becomes just one big thing because I don't feel like the seasons were super clear right. in Brazil. No. It was raining and it wasn't. And that yep. those are the seasons. <laughs> and it could have been raining on non-raining seasons. So who knows? Actually, the first year there, I think somehow I, I don't know if it's the area I was in, but I did not go through the rainy season necessarily. It must have been somewhat dry. Okay. Because the second time when it hit, I was like, what is going on? They're like, it's the rainy season, Elder. I'm like, we didn't do this last year. <laughs> was weird um okay so in the mission office some fun stories include just like every how often did we do numbers is it every week every week i had to call into a uh zone leader to report numbers and i'm not sure how often did they did they push it every week because i felt <laughs> like i don't know pretty regularly there is like we're trying to hit this goal uh-huh. And they're like sitting by the fax machine waiting for numbers to come in. Yeah, like every stressed week. Stressed out. It was Sunday night, I think. Yeah. So with APs all show up in the office, they like bring takeout, not takeout, but they bring some food in. Yeah. And they just sit by the fax machine and just add the numbers up. And they are like psyched. They're hyped to like get those numbers in and see if they hit the goal. Yeah. And I just remember that being weird that I'm like, it's like, I guess it's kind of the same as sports. You're watching the game and it, you could just wait till the final number comes in from the game and find out who won. But these guys are just waiting by this fax machine and like calling people up. You're like, do you have any more numbers? Can you go out and like get someone to commit or something like that? I'm like, yeah. that's weird. That's crazy. But it was exciting too to watch them like really be excited about that. Well, when you're in it and that's your life, that's, that's just how it is. <laughs> I was in the office when we did that big goal for the big, no, it was right after I was in the office. Okay. So continuing on my chronology, Uh after the office, I went uh, to a zone, I want to say somewhere in Zona Norch with Elder Quiroga, Rodrigo Quiroga. Uh And he... I, I was companions with him while he was a zone leader, which is a new thing. I hadn't yep. done that yet. And then... Because previous the zone leaders, or yeah, go on. Yeah. 
so I had so I'd had to do zone leader stuff with him, like going and getting stuff ready the, for the meeting. So you help them uh -huh. that kind of stuff. So that was different. Other than that, I don't remember it being particularly um, different missionary wise than any other. Well, area. did he try to baptize a lot more as a zone leader? No, he was not super into that. He was really into activating people. Okay. So it wasn't like his primary thing. I mean, we had okay numbers as far as like we were getting in doors knocked and visits and uh, lessons taught. So we were doing <laughs> standard stuff, but he wasn't particularly like pushy about wanting to like, we're gonna, if we don't get this many baptisms this week, then we've done something wrong. It was just like, it was like the way I took most of my mission where if something happens, it happens. You can't like make a certain number of baptisms happen. Uh -huh. That was my approach to the mission. And it wasn't super successful if you're counting how many baptisms you had, but it worked for me. Um, anyway, one thing I remember, I loved Elder Quiroga. He was my first Brazilian companion. Okay. Everyone else was a U.S. companion before that. Um, and I loved him. He was super stoked to learn English. So he asked me to only speak English in the house. And I was like, I can do that. If that's what you want. And I was like, how much do you want me to help you? Or do you want to figure stuff out? And he's like, I'll do it on my own. He had like, he was pretty good. He wasn't, he still, he was an ESL person, obviously, because I think he learned it all on the mission with it, with exception of like basic stuff. Anyway, that was fun to help him with that. I felt like that was a really enjoyable thing. Um, one thing we used to do is I'd play one of the CDs I had in my collection was a Yanni CD. Yeah. So we'd play that in the morning while we we're studying the scriptures. And he had a really seductive looking CD case that I got uh. from my grandma where he's like laying like the sexy pose. <laughs> yeah. With like his long with hair, the, with long hair, and an alto or a or a soprano saxophone. Not a saxophone. That's that's the other guy. <laughs> that looks a lot like Yanni. More mustache. I know who you're talking about. They look like. Oh, I'm talking about Kenny G. Has, sorry. That's right. Yeah, yeah Yanni. I got he it. looks really similar, but he's in that <laughs> sexy like white background and sheets and stuff, and he's like laying down there. And so we'd always take that case and put it on the other person's pillow when they're uh -huh. taking a shower, and they yep. get to come back to that. Fun little surprise. It was a fun game you play. I remember you had an Enya CD too. I had several Enya CDs. I mm -hmm. like Enya a lot. I remember listening to Enya every morning in Nova Natal with you, and that's my, how I grew my appreciation for Enya. That's that's just good stuff. I I put that in there, and it's not too much of a trigger for me. And going back to Brazil, <laughs> but no, I love Enya. I love Enya and Yanni, and I don't care who knows it. It's good stuff. You're just not jamming out to the either of them necessarily. Um, so yeah, Elder Quiroga was in another, if, if it might not have been Novan at all. I can see it in my mind, but I don't know what it was called. Any housemates sure with you guys or just you two? That one was just us two. Okay. Except for we did splits where we took on a third person for a while. And mm -hmm. I, I can't remember who they are. They were probably an AP or something like that. Yeah, and who remembers their names? Get out of here. 
Um, That's right. Did you know that I had like buttons that I made that said "Vote Rick's AP" and I like put it on my put it on my bag. I didn't hear about that. That's how I'll send you a picture of it. That's Did it work cool. out? Did you no. get elected? No, I, I didn't want to be AP, but so not so at that time. I think I went with. I want to say I might have gone with Kiroga. We we like closed our area while we, me and him went to go help the, the companionship that had just opened Mosoro. And that's when I went out there. And it was pretty rough. And then he left and I stayed there and uh, an elder came over or came into my, joined my companionship that was from Santos the state of Santos in, is that a place in Brazil? Yeah. So he, that's, that's all I can remember. I'm sorry, I don't remember your name, Elder, but I remember that's where you were from. And that's <laughs> when I got Gripe for the first time, which I don't know if you got to do that. That's a fun missionary experience. Uh-uh. But Mosoro is hot and it has mosquitoes like crazy. So it's like a high risk of getting that. And I got it and it sucked. So I spent like a week curled up in bed. Like your bones ache and things like that? Yeah. But I don't think that's too unique. I think a lot of missionaries went through that. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think I'm trying. there were other elders there. And that's where I did my three-fourths of my mission happened there. Three-fourths of the way done. Year and a half maybe, whatever you want to call it. And I might be getting these details wrong. I'm sure sure you are. I'm sure there's a lot of details getting wrong. Right after that, I remember coming to Nova Natal. Yay! Getting to meet, and that's where I was companions with Elder Salazar. Mm -hmm. And we got to meet Elder Ricks for the first time, which was a blast. And I remember the very first, we had such fun with you at your expense the very first night that uh you were in the in that area which i think is your first field area correct yeah i was fresh out of the mtc do you remember what i'm talking about yeah yeah i know what you're talking about unforgettable (laughs) i can go into details because i couldn't believe what a crazy thing we did to you and so if it's not too embarrassing now we'll go into it yeah what happened you can edit it out so that night uh, <laughs> before, no, not, it was like after you guys, no, okay. You were, Elder Christensen had gone to pick you up at the bus station or no, we went with him, I think, to go pick you up at the bus station and then bring you back. And Elder Salazar and Elder Dylan, mostly, this is mostly Salazar. We're like, we're going to freak out the new elder. We're going to play a prank on him. We're going to make him think that our house is haunted and that there's crazy demons in that are inhabiting this house and we just got to deal with it. <laughs> and I'm like, okay, that sounds like a, that sounds pretty harmless to me. That sounds fun. <laughs> so you come in, you're pretty fresh. You're pretty, you've got like the new guy, like, I'm, I don't know what's going on. Tell me what to do kind of feeling about you. And we're like, yeah, we did regular things. We put stuff away, made dinner, 
I think I don't think we had any plans to go out and do anything that night. Do you remember? If yeah, I know exactly did? what we did. We showed up and there was a baptism scheduled. Oh, yeah, that sounds like definitely possible. Yeah, I was excited about the new elder. I don't care about the baptism. So. And so in the car, why were we in a car? Nope. We someone prob- might have come and picked us up someone to take t- us to the baptism. I don't know what happened. But Dylan's like, oh, we got a baptism and you're baptizing. So memorize this. And so I had to memorize in, in, in the Portuguese, <laughs> memorize the baptism prayer. But then we show up and apparently they didn't pass the interview. So there wasn't a baptism. And so that was like a, doll, a bullet dodged. You would have been fine. Probably. It would have been fine. It would have been fine. They could have just said every other word and I could have just repeated it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's yeah, exciting. but the whole time you were just feeding me along like, yeah, this house is haunted. And I and, think so. I Dylan think I was, was like getting snippets in. I was trying not to be obvious. I was just like. Yeah. Oh yeah. Did you tell them about the house? Oh, we'll talk to you about it. Yeah, like this like house that. is like the weirdest house I've ever been in on this mission. It's like there's just creepy weird feelings, happens. weird stuff happenings. And the thing about me is I didn't sleep the night before. Really? No. <laughs> like <laughs> I stress. I don't know. I just couldn't sleep, apparently. What was it? Oh yeah, because we had to fly in from Sao Paulo. Something happened that we got there late and we couldn't get to the hotel until like way late. Something was delayed, but then they woke us up super early in the morning. And so there was no like sleeping. And then it was just the whole day of going to like the mission office. And then it was like meeting with the president and then getting on a bus and going up to Natal and get out of Natal and show up with all these crazy guys (laughs) with Dylan, who's super tall and just smiling. (laughs) <laughs> i love dylan he's a good guy he's so sweet um so yeah we're feeding you these little tastes of like something's creepy going on like i remember we got back and we're like there was a big black sheet that someone had hung up on one of the walls with nothing behind it it must have just been like in front of for being in front of like a tv set or something but they didn't take it down and we're like we don't know what this is about someone told us once it has something to do with like some sort of ritual or something like that, but we don't know. Yeah. Anyways, we're not messing with it because we don't want that bad juju or whatever. And we're just like pointing out these couple of things and we're like, sometimes the shower will turn on and everyone will be in their bed. It's creepy stuff will happen. And so we just got a creepy vibe going on. And then they suggested that we have our group pair. I don't know if having a group prayer is normal. I think just companions usually pray together. I guess no, once you, in a you while pray, you would, do it. Yeah, all, sometimes all when you get home, like I remember there just being mattresses in that house that everyone mm-hmm. just plopped down on a mattress with their knees and pray right when you get home, maybe. Well, I don't know. No, there were beds. Like I know, but there were extra mattresses from other houses. That could be true. I can see that being true. I don't remember that particularly. That house, I remember scaring you and that we had gotten into the habit of freezing the chocolate milk things uh-huh. in the little tubes and having popsicles because it was so hot. And I just remember like, how have I not been doing this my whole mission? This is amazing. <laughs> and Dylan would make um, churros. Like Dylan had a churro yeah, he maker. Would. He figured out how to do it. Uh-huh. That was pretty fun. That was a fun um, house. So we, we got all those plans together. And then in the middle of the night, like 
we told Dylan he's basically just going to play the straight man and just be like act asleep go back to bed no matter what happens and Salazar crawled like army crawled into the room (laughs) and tied a rope to the leg of your bed (laughs) yep and then he went out like we had the hallway between our two rooms and he was just like peeking around the corner in the hallway and he'd like start start to just slowly pull on your bed and and I think you said elder I think is that an earthquake what's going on because you probably just felt the whole thing shaking uh-huh. and he's like maybe you just go to bed <laughs> and it's like <laughs> go to bed and then elder Salazar like started shaking a little more and then he really got into it and it was just like as hard as he could shaking it and and it shook so much that like the boards that were holding our mattress like had fallen yep like either broken or just fallen through fallen apart because it was just rickety bed frame yep he broke the bed and or it was broken and barely holding together but the shaking definitely made it collapse (laughs) that that sounds about right but you're like elder elder something was shaking in my bed and like me and him came to the room and we're like what's going on what are you guys yelling about in here and elder christensen's like elder ricks is just freaking out i don't know what he's talking about and you described it and we're like no that's real that that's happened before (laughs) does that sound right am i getting the story pretty right oh these you know more details than i do i was delirious at this point anyway so we're like let's let's get down and have a prayer to i remember that part from any spirits and then elder salazar I don't know if you did this or if Elder Salazar suggested you putting up pictures of the presidency on the wall to help protect. No, that was definitely a Salazar. Okay, because you some somehow you got convinced that that would be helpful, so you got out some pictures. You had some in your packet or something, but you put up some pictures of the first presidency, <laughs> just like putting up idols to help protect uh, yep. some of the spirits. And I was like, oh, I feel so bad. And I think we told, I think we said it straight in the morning. But we let you like live the. I did we or did we tell no, you that it night? was that night? Did we tell you that night that? It or was I saw us? I saw Salazar take the, saw rope the rope off the second time. Yeah, because it happened again. Uh, yeah, it sounds right. I remember. Well, the best part was things. I was so afraid of worms. Like I just got talking to from like the doctor in the MTC the day before. I was like, do not walk barefoot on the ground or else worms will get you like these horror stories of worms coming in through your feet. And so the bed fell apart. My sandals were underneath the bed because the bed got pulled out. So my sandals weren't on the ground. So I jump over and I'm standing on Dylan's bed. (laughs) And Dylan's like, get off my bed. You're going to break it. It's like, I can't stand on the ground. (laughs) I did not. I, I, I thought you were just scared, but that makes sense that you wouldn't have wanted to get worms. That's pretty great. Yeah, no, I was terrified of worms and couldn't stand on the ground. I'm like, my bed's in the middle of the room. <laughs> That's pretty great. Anyway. And then that happened. So you did the prayer and got back into bed with idols and Salazar did it again. And but I you saw- caught him untying the rope to try yeah. and I saw him do the rope for it. And then we got together and we're just like yeah it's a joke and it was pretty funny i felt a little bad 
but it was a per- probably the funniest thing that had happened on the whole mission. So oh, Salazar was loving it. That. He was nuts about it. He loved it so much. And then he wanted to do it again with his new companion that came in after. Really? I think I left. Is that, oh, mm-hmm. that he would have been replacing me. Yep. That area had a really weird thing happen where we were teaching a lady and her daughter. And apparently the husband heard that there were two guys hanging out at his house and he wasn't there. Yeah. And then he came home and was like throwing knives and dishes and stuff at his wife for having these two guys at the house. Yeah. So they had to tell us, like they were really close to getting baptized and like, we can't see you anymore. Uh, My husband's irate. And then less than a week after that, the husband came over to like build a dresser for us to put a dresser together that the office had ordered for us. And we were talking to him and he's like, oh, you were teaching my wife and my daughter. And I was like, really? What's their names? And he said, he's like, oh, I know them. Yeah, we were touching last week. That's your wife? And my brain's like, oh, is this the guy that like attacked his wife? Oh, geez. And so it was like just a weird situation. But he ended up letting them take the lessons again after that, after he met us. And he's like, oh, they're just these missionaries. So I was like, that's pretty cool that is really that's like a pretty faith building story i like that a lot that's a fun one because i remember being really bummed that i'm like it feels like these people really wanted to get baptized and they really liked the church and that this crazy thing happened and i'm like i can't believe that stuff really happens but it had like an even crazier turnaround that we accidentally ran into this guy Mm -hmm. it's like that's pretty cool do you remember when um, Salazar had the big crush on a sister in our zone? And had it a sounds some, like it could have been any zone. I love the, you, Elder Salazar, but you liked you liked the sisters a lot. Somehow he had a picture of her and put her put the picture on a pillow and like pretended to kiss the sister on the pillow. I'm pretty sure he was joking. Oh, for sure it was a joke and it was hilarious. I don't remember. That sounds like his sense of humor which is great (laughs) but he he always he was just a goofy guy all the time he just was having fun which is great his his big smile yeah like you can't not smile around elder salazar it's great um i think after that It's, I don't remember a lot of other places after that. I think I went back to, uh, Natal for a a short time because I didn't have a lot before I actually left because Bishwantner came in shortly after you did, right? Okay. Schwantner came in after May of 2004. I got there in like October, 2003. Okay. So I went back. Remember to May Natal. of two thousand four when it was like the eight fifty one party. Yeah, that was nuts. That and was remember the couple months before that was like the the Epica dos Omens where we could only baptize men. I do remember that too. Yeah. Okay, so I forgot all the times when I was the senior companion. <laughs> so, so you were a junior to Salazar. So you've been a junior companion up until Salazar. I think I may have 
yeah, I'm pretty sure I was senior for the rest of the mission. So after Salazar, I went back to, I don't know what all the places were. They're in my journal, but to me, it's just Natal and Nova Natal and the office. Did you ever Those go, oh yeah, things. did you go any other like surrounding cities around Juan Pessoa or in Juan Pessoa, you were only in the office? Only in the office and okay. then Mosaro as well. Okay. Most real with yeah. the interior. You didn't go to any like Kaiko or Patos or Campina Grande or I think I was in Patos for a, a meeting. Okay. The most. So it was mostly Natal. Yeah. And, a and lot Mosaro. of time in Natal. Mm-hmm. Like more than half of my mission was in Natal. Okay. Which is like great because I felt like I knew how to get around everywhere. Mm-hmm. Um, I knew where not to get robbed. So that was good. Yeah. Um, I sent a couple of the missionaries home early. Like I've had a, had a bunch of missionaries go home early, including Elder Hutchins had to go back for a knee problem. Elder from Santos had to go back for another knee problem, I believe. And uh, there was another elder that had some serious depression that he had to go back and was like, he a senior or was he your junior? He was a junior and he came in and his girlfriend died right before he went for his mission. Oh, and so he was just like, I was like, dude, if you want to go out and proselyte, we can do that. If you want to sit here and talk, we can do that. We don't, things are still pretty raw for you. And I just want to make sure that you're comfortable with what we're doing because that's pretty serious stuff. He didn't, he tried, he, he stuck it out for a pretty good time, but he was okay. just too depressed. He couldn't make it. You don't know his name? Wood, something wood. It's not wormwood or anything like that. <laughs> like high, other highwood or something. It's, that's pretty close, but it's not it. If it's just wood, then I'll be disappointed when I look at my journal. <laughs> Atwood, Elder Atwood. Okay. And he seemed really, he seemed great, but there's just too much going on. Like, it, I can't imagine what that would be like. Yeah. But so he had a lot going on. So he ended up going home early. So I think I only had one or two missionaries who didn't go home early. Elder. Drew, uh-huh. he, I, I think he stuck it out. He's from back Midwest somewhere. Okay. And he was, I was actually his companion in that when he first entered the field. So sorry to him that he had to deal with that. With Elder Porter as a trainer. I can't even imagine, but <laughs> I did that with him. And he said that he had an allergy to beans on in our first week and he's like i can only eat chicken and hot dogs and i'm like elder are you sure i don't know i don't know if i've ever heard of being allergic to beans uh-huh. now as an adult i would say you can have all kinds of allergies yeah but and things can make you sick so i get it but at the time i was like you're in the wrong place if you're going to be allergic to beans but yeah that's I don't know what to tell you. I'm not going to make any suggestion, but that's going to be hard. But 
he's a good guy like yeah. but he struggled at the beginning and I just doing my best to like try and show him like I I feel really similar to how you did when I first got here and you just got to find why you like it and that'll help a ton yeah and if you don't like but, beans it's going to be hard to find anything <laughs> I mean you have to eat food uh-huh. and the the families were really good like they got the word out after we went to a couple places that like this elder is really has a really specific dietary needs and so I was like shocked like everywhere we went they're like we got hot dogs for you and we got chicken and I was like that's great like I if there's one thing I can say about Brazil is that the people are just and this is true like everywhere I've gone in the world it's just like people are just good people yeah everyone nobody wants with the exception of people who want to steal your watch nobody wants to be mean to you or do you wrong which I think uh forms a lot of like my life beliefs around just like humans as a whole like even people who do really messed up things with very few exceptions of people with mental problems like they're they're not doing it there's no evil people out there in general there's just people that are just really confused or just have been given bad information and so I try to like take that lens when I see someone that I disagree with but that's hard to do yeah it's really hard to do but that's the like in Brazil like I saw so many things that the members would do or even non-members would do to try and help out missionaries and it's like that's really sweet that's really kind and I like that a lot that aspect yeah um there's not a lot left of my mission I remember towards the end of my mission there was a weird thing going on in Natal where they were playing video games like a lot of the days of the week and I kind of ratted them out about it because I heard about it from the ward members like these guys are just playing video games all the time and I'm like uh I'll share that with with President Gishfotner and I'm sure he dealt with it Uh so that was the the other weird thing that happened but other than that just lots of work lots of lots of good people like lots of cool companions you know yeah there's elder from santos there's elder something wood (laughs) it's atwood i remembered it i got there there's that one companion that you sent home (laughs) i i can barely remember the people i've worked with in the last 10 years so trying (laughs) to remember commissionary companions names is a little rough but i can remember elder christensen basically if you're facebook friends with me it's a lot easier because i've seen your name from time to time yeah so that's helpful yeah <sighs> so yeah that was my mission those remember i remember stories. uh porter doing the lord of the harvest prayer i remember people saying that and i believe i did it but i'm sure it was just some impromptu thing where i said ridiculous stuff it was like in the old school like preacher lord of the harvest and like a like affected voice and it was lend us thy rain and may it be plentiful <laughs> yeah <laughs> stuff like that stuff like that <laughs> that was great that would be fun i remember those days too i remember i really liked presenting my 
my theory about the book of Nephi, how it's all, it's all written by Nephi, right? Uh And he, for some reason, he comes out as this big hero in a story all the time. Who's making trouble? It's his brothers, not me. And he's like, and then I, he's tinking away in a stone tablet, of course. Yeah. And he's like, and then I shock them with my powers (laughs) and i had i'd get these elders rolling in the aisles with just like telling them all this stuff like and they were they were mean to me and sam and i didn't do anything wrong (laughs) that was my other sacrilege that i'd like to bring to the to the mission as often as possible nephi is some spoiled kid that he's like perfect because he writes himself perfect Mm-hmm. And I writes it. himself oh and i was big and i had muscles uh-huh. i was so strong once i snapped a bow yeah snapped a too. steel bow so easy <laughs> i never did anything wrong and i chopped off this guy's head because he wouldn't give me the plates rude rude he wouldn't give me the plates <laughs> and then i didn't i didn't want to do it but god's like doing it's like you said so I'm not going to disobey him because uh-huh. he's, can you, if you can believe it, he's stronger than me. And and I'm he, Nephi. And he said, so, Hey, put on this guy's clothes and pretend to be him. And I'm like, can't, can't not do that. Can't argue with that. That sounds <laughs> like a great plan. <laughs> Nephi's this anti hero. I love it. So, what is, what's been going on with you lately? Do you ever, on your, your Zoom calls, do you get to share what's new with you? um it's just work if you got people ask me it's always i'm just working that's what's new yeah pretty much i've been doing this job since 2014 before this i lived in ogden i lived in riverdale and i worked at hill air force base and i was working for the for oh can you hear me yeah i still hear you something was beeping like it got disconnected all right I was working for like Homeland Security doing like radar stuff with wind turbines. <clears throat> and before that, I was working in Provo, uh, writing Python, not Python, PHP scripts and things like that. Uh, do, do you ever have to say what PHP stands for? No, never do. I don't think do I know? remember what it is. It's well, like the, Pearl. You know the P in, no, the P in PHP is PHP. <laughs> something something program okay <laughs> now i'm gonna have to google it but <laughs> the p in php is php and that's, that's the funny best. <laughs> no they were doing it was like some billing scripts that like de- depending on the different like um contract or whatever you'd have to write these variables in and they'd update the database on the back end so that was fun writing a bunch cool. of sql scripts for reports and we did like screen scraping where we'd like scraping data scraping data for ancestry.com we'd go through Mm. um funeral home and obituary records and grab all the information parse it out with like regex scripts that have been previously written um it's been a while but yeah no i went to byu Got married in 2006, got home in 2005 for my mission, started having Did you know her before? No, I met her just right when I got home in the same ward. 
at BYU. Mm -hmm. And I was doing summer cells with um, Elder Maurer and Paulson. Remember Paulson? Were you in the office with Paulson ever? And Malco? Paulson was that first elder. It was my third companion, but I couldn't remember his name. Is that so, right? Yeah. So no, you were, were in Paulson was your senior? Yeah. In Mosoro? No, is why you're saying that like he couldn't have been. Is there sounds more great. than one elder Paulson? That sounds great. Sounds like a great idea. I'm just wondering if the timeline's wrong. I feel like that's his name, but yeah, Paulson. Timeline's wrong. He's he's about your he's older than me and you on the mission for sure. Okay. I'm sure my whole timeline is messed up trying to do it from memory. <laughs> Oh, now I have to go back and think about what your third companion was like and see if it matches up with Paulson. He had like light brown hair. Uh-huh. He was white. <laughs> I don't remember very much about him. That's different about people. Like He's from Wyoming? Soft-spoken. He wasn't necessarily like, he wasn't necessarily like super excitable. He was very down, calm uh -huh. and down to earth. Did he have a lot of lists? And did he like 007? Uh, I could see that. I could see that. <laughs> he didn't bring up 007 that I recall. I could see that. I could see him he doing lists. Yeah. He liked to be organized. <laughs> um, yeah. So we did summer cells during college. And then after college, I stopped doing summer cells. Um, yeah, and just started having kids and working with, uh, I got a GIS degree, a geography degree from BYU. Mm -hmm. What else has been happening with me? <clears throat> I'm still Facebook friends with a lot of Brazilians. Met Elder Porter once at a Taco Bell randomly. That was a fun event. Yep. Was it a Taco Bell? It was a Taco Bell. Yeah. Oh, that's great. I'm Who pretty was, sure. Yeah. I don't, I remember seeing you at a restaurant and you're like, hey, it's me, Elder Porter. I'm like, yeah, I know you, Elder Porter. <laughs> I probably said that because I couldn't remember your name. It's me, Elder <laughs> Porter. Remember me. <laughs> <laughs> and then, um, yeah, I don't know. Not much has been happening. Been in the same house. Go on road trips a bunch every summer. Do you guys just pick a place or do you usually have... Well, she's from San Jose or... and we go to California a bunch. And being, yeah. in, um, being in Las Vegas is really easy to jump down to like a San Diego or Oceanside and just do beach trips. Nice. My brother just moved to Hawaii last year during, during the quarantine. And so we hmm. got family tickets and flew all seven of us out to Hawaii and stayed with him and he lives on base. And that was awesome. Um, I want to go back to Brazil and yeah. I don't, yeah, I mean, I'm in the same boat as you where everyone that I know or my friends on Facebook really aren't active or they're not members, but I'm still friends with them and it'd be fun to hang out and go visit the old stomping grounds, but then also go visit like, 
Iguazu Falls or maybe Rio or do some touristy stuff. But it's a big country though. I don't know. Yeah. I feel like, I don't know if I would want to go any place other than Natal just because I know what to do there. Like Jean Pessoa would be cool to visit too. Uh Like we didn't really get to do a lot of beach stuff. And I think it yeah, I would go to Natal. Beaches. I spent most of my mission in Natal and then Kaiko. I spent like seven months in the Kaiko. I know a bunch of people in Kaiko. And then I was in Baie. And Baie was my only area for four months in um what's it called? Paraiba in that state. Mm-hmm. The rest of it was in Rio Grande do Norte. So yeah, maybe I'll go back. I need to get my passport going. Yeah, oh, I do this I podcast. This podcast has been really fun. And I do I did a freshman year podcast where everyone in my freshman year would like we'd get together and go over like the freshman year timeline and <laughs> like stories from freshman year. So that's really specific. And then I have um you have a music podcast, don't you? I've got a, some kind of a music podcast where me and my friend go over the whole discography of Weezer. And so we've done that two or three times and Weezer has two albums that we haven't covered yet. So we've got to plan that again. The last two that just came out, Mm -hmm. which is uh, OK Human and Van Weezer. So I've got opinions about that. And and then sometimes we just choose like random um, artists and listen to their whole discography, everything that they've done and then talk about it. So we've done Modest Mouse and we've done Mason Jennings. Those have been really fun. That's awesome. I like those guys. And then a couple of years ago or two years ago, I did a It Holds Up podcast where we choose three songs, uh, two from our teens. So from your teens, what song holds up and what song does not hold up that you liked back then? And then a song from today that you like. And so I did about 15 or so episodes of that. And then the last episode of that, I transitioned to like a, a movie it holds up. So two movies from your teens that hold, uh, one holds up, one doesn't. And then a movie from right now that you like. And I like talking about movies so much that me and my friends started a movie club podcast where instead of a book club, we watch a movie and then talk about it once a month. And it that just rotates awesome. around who chooses the movie that we watch. Is that a podcast or a video these are podcast. all non-visual, so it's all podcasts. It seems like the other than needing to edit it together, the movie one would lend itself to more visual stuff that you can just talk. That about is too. true, but we only watch the trailer together. We all watch the movie separate. On the on the podcast, we all watch the trailer together, but whoever listens is just listening to the audio of the trailer that's being played. <laughs> So yeah, we don't. I haven't gone into any like of my uh, the YouTube world. So Jacob Paulson, he has his own website, and he volunteered to host the the Epica podcast on his site. So I send him the MP3, and then he hosts it. Mm-hmm. So any of the like, however many episodes that we've done of this podcast is on his, but my podcasts are like Chad's various podcasts. And that's on like okay. app, Apple or Spotify or whatever. So Jacob Paulson's not the, I remember him, but he's not the, he wasn't my uh, 
third companion. Okay. So we'll, we'll never know. We'll never I know. I looked him up on Facebook and it wasn't him. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so in-person friends, I don't have very many. All my coworkers are older or female and just not, they're just coworkers and not really friends. But I still keep in contact with like people from my past over the internet, mm -hmm. which in 20 years, I'm not going to be able to make a podcast about my life in 2020 <laughs> with any friends because <laughs> I'm not making any new ones. Is it just because you don't try? Would you say just because when you get to a certain age, it's like, I've got enough friends. That's not true. I did try. Like we have a pool and I'm like, let's invite over some people to swim at our pool. And I pick out like some guys that are my age from the ward or whatever. And mm -hmm. I can be friends with these guys, but my wife really doesn't connect with their wives. And so it falls apart. Makes sense. And then, so she doesn't go out like she has her own group of friends, but they just do things and they're like, don't get the families together. So I'm not like friends with any of the husbands of her friends. Like she does hiking groups and book groups and things like that. Mm -hmm. So I don't really have a drive to make friends. Uh, and it just kind of falls apart more of acquaintance. At, at, uh, I don't know. Whatever. I feel like it depends on where you spend a lot of time. So if you make friends with people at work, like most of my good friends now, I met at work. Uh -huh. Like they are people I worked with for years and we just stayed friends afterwards and like they became lifelong friends. And I don't think other, other than a few other examples, I don't really interact with people outside of the people I work with. Yeah. So if you don't well, make friends with those people. That, I mean, Entrada sounds like a fun, like software company where there's younger people working with and you got like people. But my, mm -hmm. like working for the government at the Nevada test site, <clears throat> at least in my immediate circle, they're all like closer to retirement than closer to my age. And sometimes some interns get brought in and they don't stay. But then the interns are like fresh out of, or in college. And I'm like 37. And mm -hmm. one time I went on a drive with intern Ryan. We were driving out to this test site and that's like an hour and a half away. And um, he's like, have you ever heard of Blink-182? That's pretty great. That's pretty great. I'm like, am I so old? Like Blink-182 is my band, you know? Show him 311 and see what he thinks of that. Uh-huh. <laughs> chill right on the side of the eagle become oh man i love 311 <laughs> they have they have songs that probably hold up is my guess or at least they feel like they do is it hard to distinguish what's just nostalgia and what is actually a good song well that's the thing is if you think if you can go back and listen well that's the fun part of that podcast is you can think that something might go hold up and then you go back and listen to it and does it really that's the that's the uh that's the test if nostalgia is more powerful than like the actual crappiness then then yeah it holds up 
Uh, I heard, um, so I brought home a lot of, I tried to get a good collection of Brazilian singers and music to take home with me. On Let's like hear it. Let's hear your weeks. Brazilian music collection and tastes. We haven't uh, got into like really your foods preferences from Brazil or your music preferences from Brazil. So there was, there's uh, a young man that uh, we spent, he was an active member and he loved just doing stuff with the missionaries. His name was Eddie Jackson. Okay. And he was in, uh, I want to say Nova Natal, because it's one of the places I should. <laughs> That's the only area that you know. It's either Natal, Nova Natal, or the mission office, or Mossoro. <laughs> mm-hmm. But he helped me a lot. I'm like, I want like a pretty good sampling of stuff that I like and that I can take home. And is like, feels very Brazilian when uh-huh. I do it. So I have Limão Comel. Yep. I don't know if you know them. They're just like, they just cover other yeah. songs. Air Supply. They're great. Limão Comel Acusco MTV. Love yep. it. Um, Kid Jabelia. Yep. She's, she's great. She's fine. Like, she is just really talented. And I like a lot of the songs that she has. Um, I have a Sandy E. Jr. Yep. CD, love it. I know Sandy E. Jr. It does not hold up. It feels very 90s i love it though and i sing it a lot as it takes you oh it's so good <laughs> that's not the one i was thinking of uh they sing immortal i think and that one's the one i always think of is she sings i guess they both sing it and she also sang the mulan song in brazil in portuguese mm-hmm. um charlie brown is pretty uh-huh. great I think it's Charlie um, Brown Jr. You're right. You're right. It is. It's his son that I like, not his father. I'm <laughs> not senior. <laughs> He's got some hatata bicha soltu. Fica ligeiro. Já faz parte do jogo. Tudo de pouco. He's great. I yep. feel like I'm a gangster listening to him. Yep. Even though I'm pretty sure he's not that gangster. <laughs> um, Patofu is a very like, this is like a really abstract or unconventional band okay and i heard another song with someone covering it must be a famous brazilian song it's uh i can't remember what it was but i heard it and i was like is that potifu um i'll I'll think of it in like 15 minutes but that's one of the weirder bands um jota quest is Uh a good one jota quest I have all these CDs. I don't have that last one that you said. What was it Potofu? Potofu, like duck foo. Potofu. Love it. They're great. Never heard of it, but I'm going to try. Um, I've got Jota Quest. That was from the Malia Sound soundtrack, too. It's the Sohoji. Yeah. True Balistas is really good. Yeah, they're older. Some of them. I like them. Yeah. Close to reggae ish. Uh huh. Very like. Um, world music-y yep. in their style. Um, did I already say Hanato Huso? No, but that's Ligion Urbana, right? Mm-hmm. That guy? He's great. Yeah. I listened to, a, it was like a year and a half ago. I was probably depressed, but I listened to one of his songs and I was just like bawling. I was like, it's so true. This music's so beautiful. And then I tried to listen to it. it I put it on my playlist that recycles and it kept coming up and I'm like, 
ah, quit playing the Sting song. Is it like Paisiphilios? Yeah, that one. Uh, Paisiphilios and the the Ingeo song. Uh huh. Ingeos, which is really good once or twice, and then like it's so slow that I'm like I'm trying to jam in my car. I don't have time to listen to this music over and over. But yeah, that one's good. Um. I brought a bunch back. Kijabilia already said. Yeah, that's that's most of the stuff I brought. I brought back Vanessa Carmago. I had one of hers, uh-huh. but I feel like she's very teeny boppy and I get a little awkward, even though no one else knows. That's what I'm listening to. I'm like, this is weird. I shouldn't be listening to this teeny bopper song. It's like listening to Hannah Montana and rocking out to it. That's yeah. awesome. <laughs> but yeah, those are the main ones that I I brought back that I've listened to. And I've got one that's just like got Bossa Nova songs on it, yeah. which I could have bought anywhere. Like uh, the MPB, the Musica yeah. Popolare Brasileiro, Bossa Nova style. Mm-hmm. I, I wish I had got more um, Sao George uh-huh. music. He's yeah. pretty... I didn't hear about him until the Life Aquatic with Steve Zazu. Yeah, he he's, did the soundtrack. Yeah, he did. Uh, he did um, David Bowie covers in mm-hmm. Portuguese, and that's how I found out about fantastic. <laughs> and he was their arts representative or minister for Brazil for years. Yeah, probably is still. Who knows? I never heard about him until after the mission. Yeah, he's great. Um, I didn't end up getting any Shusha music. I'm not sure yeah, that what that would be like. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Just kid shows. Yeah. Have you been able to keep up with your language? You feel no, like you have a good mastery of it? No, I listen to some music and I can read more than I can talk, but it sounds weird coming out of my mouth. Like it, yeah. I get like, really self-conscious about if I'm sounding right or not. And mm-hmm. I'm more afraid of making mistakes than I was like on the mission, if you know what I mean. I don't know. So I don't, but it's always fun when I'm in California or if I'm on vacation somewhere or just at a park in Las Vegas. And um, uh-oh. I got, I'm on duty right now. And I am fit and able to respond. Can you hear that? Yeah, is that for work? Yeah, that's my cell phone. So I'm on every three weeks, I'm on duty for a week. And what that means, if there's an emergency on the site, then I'm part of the emergency operation cadre as a GIS mm-hmm. position. So pretty much if there's a wildfire, a wildland fire at the site, then they need GIS support to provide maps to the BLM um, firefighters that come in to fight the fire, where the fire is in location to known and potential hazards, radiation areas, unexploded ordnance areas, um, what real estate operating permit or like area you're in, what roads and helistops and water supply areas are close by to that. So just maps. So, there was a huge fire in May that I responded to and I was working 
Oh, and all my coworkers were on. Does that mean P- you have to physically go there, or you just have to get them the data they need? Oh, I work with the fire chief in the. There's a building in the city or in the town, in the main work area. So the site the site is like the size of Rhode Island, out in the middle of the test and training range in Nevada. Um, so yeah, I drive out there, which is an hour away from my house, and just work in the office there. And I work with the fire chief. And he points out where the fire boundaries are, or else they get a drone to go and fly the parameter and bring back the, the track, the GPS, and and I go and put it into a map and plot it. And there's a big plotter out there, and so they hang it up on the wall. And, uh, and we have a web mapping application that you can show um, weather patterns coming through and things like that. So you like kind of triage what they have to make sure doesn't get in danger of overheating with ordnance or whatever yeah pretty much is i show where the map is and they plan according to how they're gonna i plan where the fire i map where the fire is and they do their work whatever they have to do Hmm. but then if there's like a chemical spill and there's a plume model or if there's a radiation leak and the plume model needs mapped i would do that kind of stuff too but the only um, emergencies that ever happen out there are the wildland fires. Do you, let's say you had to do a plume model right now, do you plug data into your computer and it does it? Or I don't. Do you I have don't. like a, a slide rule and you're like drawing it out? They, on a, I on wouldn't, a grid. I don't do the plume models. I map the plume models. So they've got these radiation specialists and they've got weather specialists that they have the program that does the plume model and then they'd export either a shape file or a database file or some type of coordinates that they've send it over to me i take that load it up into my mapping software and um, copy it over into my geo database and that would show up on the web application and then i would use that same information to to plot out a, a poster size map for them or whatever or, or create a PDF of the map of the plume model and send it out in an email. Get, right. it, get it reviewed by classification officer for public release or whatever. If it's not OUO or not UCNI, which is unclassified nuclear controlled information. Yeah, we don't do anything classified. That'd be on the red side. We're on the black side. I see. <laughs> yeah, but I got cool. a Q clearance. So I could be queuing on. Think about that. Oh, is that what that means? It does. Interesting. It's a DOE queue clearance. Awesome. <laughs> Which is just, it's, it's <laughs> so it doesn't mean anything. <laughs> uh, uh-huh. That's what, I, I hear you. It doesn't mean anything. Got it. So yeah, so at seven o'clock, I get a, uh, a text saying on Monday saying you're on duty. Are you fit and able to respond? And you have to respond yes or no, which is nice. I get an extra $40 a day for every day that I'm on duty. That's nice. And they just barely implemented that. It used to not be that way. It was just part of the job. I love it. Actually, I do like it a lot. I don't like Las Vegas. Yeah. So I tried to move several times. Do you not like Nevada or you don't like Las Vegas? Well, I don't think there's anywhere else in Nevada I would want to live. 
I've been to a lot of Nevada. Near, isn't there like a lakey kind of place down that's like, what's that big lake? That Tahoe? Is, Tahoe, yeah. Tahoe's nice, but it's up nice in the area? mountains. I'm sure it's nice, but there's no jobs. It's more resort. Work as a lifeguard. I could work as a lifeguard or a ski instructor. Yeah. I don't like the snow. I wouldn't move back to Utah. I don't know how you've been in Utah for so long and you're you just been out of the church since like 2006 or whatever. I okay, so there's a lot of people that aren't in the church in Utah. Although it's in your face, it's more than like short of Idaho. I uh-huh. think Utah is the most in your face part. Well, of... Utah County, especially because Ogden's not that bad. Yeah, it depends. It depends what part of Utah County. Like Provo's got a, a pretty strong liberal group, mostly because of the university. Even though it's BYU, people start seeing things a lot more liberally when they're educated. That kind of not just educated, but they're just surrounded by academia and people who want to talk about that stuff. And it statistically starts trending more liberal because of that. Not to say that everybody does. Like you go to, I know a bunch of people who went to BYU and are trending even more conservative than uh-huh. before. Like I've my got mom. a friend. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like your mom. situation. <laughs> Uh, like I've got a friend. Like my wife to... and my mom are clashing on Facebook all the time because of the, <laughs> the posts that my mom always po- puts out there. And then my wife's got to jump in and have like a two-page response of like, explain this is to why me, you're wrong. Let explain me to me like why do you think this way? Like what? <laughs> Here are my sources. Where are your sources? <laughs> like I've got friends that went to BYU. And then went to like Yale and I was like, okay, they're definitely coming back. Not either, not like super Mormon-y or at least like reformed Mormon or something like that. Uh-huh. And they came back just as Utah County, not nothing, not to say it in a way that sounds derogatory, but very much Utah County Mormon person that they were as ever. And I'm just like, how could you have been surrounded by all these other churches that are like, what you're doing is weird and not at least like really like been affected by that. And they seem like it just rolled off their back. And I'm like, great. That's great for, great for you. I just can't believe that's what happened. I could not have guessed that trajectory for you. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe they just surrounded themselves in a tight Mormon community with their tight Mormon ward. And maybe that and their family is like very strong and solid in the church. Okay. So that would be a pretty big anchor for anyone, I think. Yeah. But not everybody. So. Oh yeah. Anyway. Food. What about Brazilian food? Do you still like it? I do. I like meat and Brazil had a lot of meat. I think, I don't think I would eat feijoada on purpose other than as like a joke. Like, it seemed like it was it was fine, but you think about what's in it and you're like, I'm not super appetized by that. I love black beans still. Black uh-huh. beans are great. Um, I think farinha is amazing that people will eat it. And I'll still put it on my food if there's no like salt and pepper around, <laughs> but it's a weird thing. 
Um, Brazilian food. I, I love rice and beans. I think there was only a few meals that I had where I was like, not willing to go the full missionary and just eat as much as they'll give you. Yeah. And that was one family made spaghetti and meatballs. And I was like, stoked. I was like, I love spaghetti and meatballs. I like, you don't have a lot of pasta uh-huh. on the mission. And they had, they had like cut it with sardines or something. And so they put all the sardine juice and stuff in it. And like, I hate fish. I do not eat fish. Yeah. Fish was my one meal that I didn't love and would like not eat all of it. (laughs) Yeah. I think that was the only one of two times that people tried to get me to eat fish or offered me fish. And I finished that spaghetti, but I was like, I hate this so much right now. I'm miserable because it is just not my thing. Uh, like I pretty sure I gagged a couple of times. It's that, it's that serious to me. And then the other time it was like Samana Santa and I was just like, Oh, I'm fasting. And they they bought it and I was like, I'm out. Yes. I don't have to eat fish. That's awesome. Um, but I remember just liking everything like the Cochinias. Yep. That was great. I loved Cochinias. I was like, I'm going to eat this when I get home and it's not a thing. I think someone's made something similar once. And I was like, oh, they've got those in Brazil. I just get a little ketchup and mayo, have a little coxinha for dinner or the mimosas. I don't remember what they were called in Brazil. Pastels? Pastels, yeah. Pastes or something. Pastes for for plural, yeah. Yeah, those are good. I think they were just like the same as like an Indian mimosa. Uh Uh-huh. Mimosa? No, it's a drink. Samosa. Samosa. (laughs) Yeah, so... Yeah, those are always great, but those are like snack food. Oh, my favorite thing would be to get a Guaranata Amazonas. Uh-huh. That was the best way to just like cool yourself down. Yeah. Just give yourself a little boost. Yeah, a big boost. Uh, yeah, a little, just a baby boost. I was I was hyped after a Guaranata Amazonas. <laughs> I couldn't sleep at night after one of those, but I love them. I guarantee if I had one now, I'd be like, this is delicious. It is a lot of sugar and it is delicious. Uh-huh. Yeah, Pe- those are peanuts great. in there, guadana powder, oatmeal, crushed, crushed I ice. Say oatmeal in there. Who the knows? syrup of guadana. If they're doing powder, you were getting ripped off. I'm sorry. <laughs> it should have come in a big syrupy thing. Yeah, that was great. Um, I chicken hearts are fine oh, yeah, i was never hearts. like i was never that like s- surprised by it. and i was like ah it's fine yeah like if i ever go to tacanos and they have chicken hearts i'm like i'll have one i'm like yeah, yeah it's meat it's fine it's really <laughs> salty and kind of chewy mm-hmm. um poundy keju is great yeah, they have those at the Smiths as a frozen bag item, and you can just pop them in the oven. That. Yeah. Um, so I, the other cool thing about my life is I have all these dietary restrictions. So with diabetes, you can't eat a ton of sugar. Yeah. So you have to watch your carbs. Um, and do you now do I'm, keto? Oh, you're not supposed to do keto. I probably should. Is that? I'm That's not like, sure how that works, but you can basically die if you do that. If you're I think diabetic. if you're a, if you have diabetes, you go like into ketosis or keep yeah ketoacidosis. Keto yeah, and then yeah, don't do that. So I did that, 
unintentionally, I went into ketoacidosis. Uh I lost so much weight. It was crazy. I went down to like 165 pounds, something nuts. And I looked like I was a step away from a skeleton. It was spooky. And I was eating. I was like, I don't Uh know what's going on. And it was, I had ketoacidosis, like crazy. Yeah. Don't do it. Step tip number eight. (laughs) If you're, if you're suffering from ketoacidosis, that is dangerous days. So is it genetic? The, so type one is the genetic type, right? Yeah. It's usually have these markers in your body where your, your body will attack your pancreas and kill the beta cells. Uh I might be using the wrong terminology. I'm not a doctor. Uh, you, you've got your, your immune system will kill off the beta cells that create the insulin. And even if you could regrow that, your body's still built to kill it off. So taking insulin yourself is the only way to survive. Yeah. Um, and type two is just where you, it's usually from eating too much or eating wrong or having too much sugar something going on with your body that your cells won't absorb the insulin uh-huh. they become resistant to it and so your body is like i i don't have enough insulin i'll make more and your body's like you're the rest of your body's like there's so much insulin in here i mean it it's going to mess me up so i got to resist it even more so it just gets worse and worse it's like a cycle that it if you you can get stuck in the cycle where it just is constantly making your body worse at taking an insulin and then it freaks out and your blood sugar goes through the roof because it has nowhere to go your body won't take it out of your blood because the insulin can't get absorbed so they don't know why like my endocrinologist has no idea why i have type one Uh uh-huh like they did dozens of tests and they're like all of the reasons why people have type one aren't showing up for you and i'm just like yay great news for me i guess so but i i've got it so it's not that that part's not too hard yeah because i can i can still pretty much eat sugar wise what i want as long as i keep track of how much insulin i need to take do you have a pump that you have to carry around don't i get a lot of the hello diabetics that i know push for me to get one because they say you don't ever have big downs and ups in your blood sugar after that. Yeah. But I don't, I just don't want to carry around a pump, even though they're pretty small now. Yeah. It's just another thing I don't want to deal with. Yeah. So I'm pretty good. I've got like, I've got like insulin pens mm-hmm. that work like an EpiPen. So you can just give yourself little injections when you need to and just measure out what you need to. And I can scan, I've got a sensor on my arm Yeah. that I can put, scan and see what my blood sugar is at any time so technology is pretty good about that that's good so if you've got diabetes get a pump or sensor step number or tip number nine ten ten (laughs) one of those two (laughs) yeah so you guys are are you and your girlfriend facebook official then or do you do that girlfriend boyfriend we're not really on facebook that much Okay. Um, that's a thing to be Facebook official. I made it up. No, that's a thing, right? Sure. But do you change people, your relationship status. Do people ever do that anymore? I don't know. I don't know if they do. I don't know if I would care. Uh-huh. So. Because we're old. 
Also, know. you have hair still. Barely. If I if I angle at the camera right, it'll look like I don't have much longer to go. Well, if I angle at the camera right, I was losing my hair on the mission. You're an early bloomer. I had a good receder going on. Yeah, I figure I've got maybe five more years of decent hair, and then I'm going to have to make some choices, <laughs> some difficult choices in my life. Yeah, my dad's choice was to keep the sides long or longer, so he's got, like, you know, the, the horseshoe. The sides, and that's my problem is it's not all going at the same time. The sides are super thick and as good as ever. It's just that male pattern bald in the spot right in the top, and I'm just like, that's going to look really weird so you got like a hole in the back of your hair and then you got like a it's really so my hair's gone it's not falling out necessarily it's just getting finer and finer and Uh so like from the right angle it looks really bad and i had uh i kept my hair long a little bit earlier this year and it's it started looking too much like a comb over and i'm like you know kind of an end to that i'm not i'm not okay with that if that's what you do anyone out there that's fine that's not my thing <laughs> um, yeah i don't feel sorry for anybody's hair problems <laughs> i I've got, I've got I no sympathy if i felt like i would look good bald i would do it but i don't think i look good i think i've got a weird head shape and Uh-oh. i'm not gonna do any favors well if i have the right angle i've got like a cone head going on that's fine you're good <laughs> It's fine. Yeah, I'm not doing anything about it, so I'm off. I'm okay. Nice. Uh, so it sounds like you like music and movies a lot. Do you? I don't remember. Do you play video games at all? No, I don't. That's not, not a, something I've never gotten into. As someone who's into maps, it seems like you'd be good at games because it would just come naturally. Nope. We, I still have the 64 and my kids play Ocarina of Time. And sometimes we look up like YouTube uh, walkthroughs to get them through the next level. <laughs> nice. And um, you have Dr. Mario on there. Got Dr. That's Mario the, if I ever want to get super thing. stressed or make my kids really angry <laughs> and send them like three things that come down the and mess everyone up after I get a combo. Nice. That's our family's go-to like competition game where where we know who's going to win, but we can make him work for it like really hard. Like no, me and my brother would do Tony Hawk 2. And the PlayStation 2 is still at my mom's house. And whenever we're up there, we're like, all right, graffiti battle, school part two. And then we like we play this graffiti battle and our points are like so high because of all the combos and things like that. And then our kids try it and they're like, how are you so good? <laughs> like this is all we did. And that's kind of where I ended with, I mean, we got a Wii and they, they play other things, but we never got like a switch or anything. And I never got into computer games and I never got like a Xbox or anything like that. So no, no just uh, movies and music. I play the piano, I play the guitar, I watch a lot of TV. I just finished Loki yesterday and it was amazing. Was it? It was great. I, I had a friend start it and he said he he wasn't ready to watch that show. He doesn't 
fan, but he only watched one episode and not even the whole episode. The first episode is uh, not where the season goes at all. Okay. It's, it's six different episodes and it, t- it takes some turns and I was just on board and enjoying the ride. <laughs> I really liked it. I never got into Falcon Winter Soldier. I watched like two or three episodes of that. Didn't finish. Oh, yeah. But WandaVision, I really liked. I haven't watched that or Loki. I, I've got them on my list of things to do. Me and my girlfriend are on the third season of a show on Netflix called Happy Endings. Okay. Which is kind of like, it's kind of like New Girl. As okay. far as like quirky friends in uh-huh. fun situations. But not focused as much on the main, like there's no main character. They're all just like, there's like, I want to say six of them and they're just good friends. I recommend it. It's okay. been really fun and it's not endings. dated yet. So I was watching I uh, Dairy Girls on Netflix and I thought that was really fun. The Irish show with all these girls that just so ridiculous. Mm-hmm. I loved it. My girlfriend likes that one. I haven't seen it, but it's one of her favorite shows. Do you like the British shows? I do. I'd like, say I'm an Anglophile. The, shows? the what? Like, those panel panel shows like would i lie to you or have you watched taskmaster no oh so do you have you watched eight, I watched eight out of ten cats does countdown i watched all of the great british bake-off okay okay <laughs> how about like it crowd yep seen all those i watched all the the doctor who's up until matt uh, what's his name? Matt something. I watched all the David Tennant for sure's. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, that was a while ago with all the Doctor Who's. And I I like period pieces and Agatha Christie's and murder mysteries and cozy murder mysteries. Like, <laughs> what's that one? It's like the murder in paradise or something like that. You should try try Taskmaster. Uh, if you don't know all the people on the show, it's not as fun. Like they have these British comedians come on uh-huh. a show, and they have they're given these tasks that they have to do, and there's like five of them, and they're competing against each other to try and do it fastest or best, and it's all okay. Uh, super subjective by the judge, who's the Taskmaster, who decides if you cheated or not. And if you followed the rules to enough to get points and then rating who does the best. And it's hilarious. Like it's got 10 seasons going on 11 and yeah. I recommend it for sure. What it has it? British level of swearing. Uh-huh. But if you're used to watching British shows, it should be okay. Yeah. Swearing's not an issue. Also the, uh, what's it called? Uh, Top Gear. I loved Top Gear when it was on. Mm-hmm. I never got really into the post Top Gear grand tours or whatever that were just on amazon but yeah jeremy james may and richard hammond those guys are great yeah yeah i like british shows uh, are you excited for the dune movie coming out i very am much excited <laughs> i'm i was so ready to see that last year i was, I was too. Like, this is gonna save the year yep i'm gonna watch this over and over i'll probably get a dune tattoo but it disappeared i've i've I hope there was a really good reason other than they're just scared of the box office, but um, it'll be great. It'll still be good. I don't think they've changed it. 
my last baby's name is Paul because of Dune. The, the second reason was because of Dune. <laughs> the second reason. Uh, so there's a couple of reasons to name him Paul. The second one was because of Will Paul. Will you ever tell him his his name in the siege, which is Muadib? Yeah, sometimes we call him Muadib. Oh, there's a there's a meme that I saw and it had like the the princess. Uh, I forgot her name. That one that writes Dune or narrates Dune or whatever. Aurelia, mm-hmm. I think. Princess Aradine or uh, Princess Aurelia. I don't know, but it had her. You might be right. Instead of um, instead of Angela Lansbury in front of a typewriter, and it said Muadib she wrote, and it was just like her, <laughs> like in front of a typewriter. It was great. I took a screenshot and showed my wife and my wife didn't appreciate it. I might have to like, hold on. I need to make a note of that because my friends will appreciate that. What Dune, she wrote? Murder uh, she wrote? She wrote. That sounds like that would work. I can't remember the prince. Oh, but I did listen to like all the other, um, not all of them, but probably four or five books past Dune where it got bizarre how far so second turned into a giant worm and then he like fell into the water and then and then oh just not and then the duncan idaho is just like a reincarnation of like 200 other duncan idaho's it got spoiler alert come on oh sorry guys sorry for all those dune heads out there (laughs) you've had your time he comes back he becomes pretty important yeah i got to where as soon as Leto died, uh-huh. like they started going into the next generation of people. And I was like, I'm, I'm, it's so far disconnected and it's just going crazy at this point. I'm not ready to follow that because I was listening to it while I worked uh-huh. and I couldn't follow. Yep. But those those are weird. The golden <laughs> path and everything, they get pretty weird. But then going back and just a standalone Dune is so good though. Did you like the David Lynch Dune? I didn't see it. I have not. You seen haven't it. seen it yet. Mm-mm. Are you doing that on purpose? Um, no. I would see it. I just never sought it out, and it's never been available. It's fun, and it. He had uh, Herbert on set to help him make sure he was being true to the book. Uh huh. So. He does a couple things that are not in the book that aren't purist as far as that goes. Yeah. But it's pretty, it's pretty uh, faithful. I've seen lore. some like YouTube clips of like the final knife, Chris knife battle at the end or whatever. Mm-hmm. And that, and it's just some scenes, but no, I'm excited for the, the new Dune movie coming out. And I it's have been be avoiding great. trailers as well. So. I watched that one that was released last year i haven't watched the new one yet yeah me too i I mean i'm not going to be surprised at what happens and i'm stoked with the cast Uh so it's going to be great you should try the you should maybe after you watch the new dune movie you can go back and watch the david lynch one because it's still pretty fun yeah it's definitely aged but Uh it's fun as a cult movie like it has some pretty fun quotable things in it so i like that aspect of it that's great. Yeah, I'm excited for Dune. I'm also excited for uh what's his name? Kenneth Branagh's doing. He did uh Murder on the Orient Express and now he's doing Murder on the Nile, I think it's called. 
Oh, I think I saw something for that. Yeah. And I'm excited for that to come out. There's some other movies this fall that I'm excited for. We, me and my that wife went Green and saw Knight F. Came out just yeah, the Green Knight looks really looks good. Really good. I, I saw F nine a couple weeks ago in the theaters. <laughs> I also saw that. <laughs> good old laugh for that movie. <laughs> yeah, the reason. So my wife hasn't seen any of the Fast and Furious besides the first one, like 20 years ago, and she was listening to an NPR article about how the F nine cast is like inclusive and diverse and like just how it's like a family or whatever mm-hmm. you know and she's like we should go see f9 i'm like do you realize what you're asking <laughs> like yes i will go see f9 with you in the theater just so i can say i went and saw f9 with rachel in the theater and she's like uh, after the first like set piece and they're like going across a bridge on a swing and there's like all this meta jokes and references to previous movies she's like we should have seen some previous <laughs> some previous fast and furious movies before this one i remember when i went to see it with my girlfriend i was, I was like hey what other movies have you seen she says none of them I'm like mm-hmm. all right i'll catch you up first of all it's about family <laughs> remember that this is a movie about family. Yep. And then a 10 second car is a car that does something in 10 seconds fast. I don't remember, but it's a car. That's it's a quarter mile. A quarter mile. Is it? I live my life a quarter mile at a time. Who doesn't though, right? <laughs> um, as like, and Dom, which is Vin Diesel, is a good driver and he likes a Camaro. This is no, great. Wait. This is like the, the information that you need going into F9 for sure. Is his car the Camaro or is it something else? It's I just the know. muscle car. Don't ask me. It's, it's that muscle car. Anyway, I was like, and uh, and his sister was the cop. The, there was a cop and he had to infiltrate this car racing gang. Yep. And she's like, it sounds like you haven't seen the first movie. It's like, I haven't. I've only seen from like the third one on. <laughs> and this is what I've gathered. And they're they're bad guys, but they're also good guys. Yep. But more vigilantes. And I was like, just like, what else? I'm like, that's it. <coughs> I think you're ready to go. <laughs> it was and a fun was. ride. It's all she needed. <laughs> I remember we were an like there was an hour left in the movie, and my wife's like, there's still an hour left of this movie. <laughs> Dom just like pulls down the thing as like a, as a Christ figure saving himself in like a crucifix position. And then he falls into the water and he's going to, his life passes before his eyes. Oh, there's so many good moments. His life and stuff that he didn't know about. He suddenly became privy to that information because he was about to die. Yep. Him and John Cena are brothers for some, how, Charlie Theron has a bowl cut. Oh, oh man. Magnets suddenly work in ways you didn't think. Magnets. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and then the end of that movie, like, hey, your dad wants to tell you, wants to ask you a question. And I was like, oh, this is going to be a good one-liner. And he says, you want to say grace? And I'm like, what? That's what you wanted to ask your son so bad is will he say the prayer? <laughs> that's pretty great. And that's, yeah. that's all he said. And they left a, a spot open for Brian, Paul Walker. Uh, someone told me that he might be in the next movie with his brother playing him and then them digitally 
re like deep faking his face yeah and i don't think that's a good idea but nope. i'm not the one making all the money on these movies so yeah. don't ask me <laughs> that's it man yeah. that's that's the podcast do you think did any other stories come to you on the mission or you think you covered it i think i shared all the really good ones um, you ever have mission dreams yeah they're called nightmares <laughs> i had a dream where i was my dream is usually i got called back to the mission yep and i'm like i'm like you guys know that i'm not active anymore why are you calling back the mission like we just we just think it'd be a good idea and it's like okay and i go back there and elders are like let's be really good and follow the rules i'm like no just go do some service. Uh That's the best thing. And I'm like talking them out of like worrying about numbers and stuff. And they're like, you can't do that. And I'm like, send me home. What are you going to do? You are (laughs) the ones that are making me do this thing. You're like going relive trauma, but like uh, 20 years later and taking control of it. Did you, I'm sure, I think everyone has the dream while they're on the mission that they got sent home. I had a really vivid one in the middle and I got sent I was getting sent home and I was like, president, what I do, president Martinez, what I do. He's like, elder, you know, <laughs> Oh no. And I was like, oh, what no. did I do? Oh no. <laughs> so it was really, I didn't have any lessons learned from that dream other than don't get sent home. Yeah. I do remember that. That was pretty intense. Yep. Anyway, I hope I'm an, ed- an entertaining guest <laughs> for anyone who decides to watch us chat. <laughs> no, it's just listening. This is not oh. a video. We're, we have our videos on. Yeah, we do. So I can see you. Okay. Hey, no, everybody. I'm... I look really good, by the way. Yeah, so we, we talked you about your me. hair. We talked about the cone of my head. I did some flexing of my muscles. I've got a pretty good beard. Do you, can you grow a beard, Chad? I cut my beard. And now I just have scrub that's growing in from my baby face a week and a half ago or so. So yeah. it's coming back. No, cool. and it's really fine or blondish. So, I mean, the hair's there, but um, I was joking with my wife. I should just, I should get that, like, that beard dye from the store. She's like, don't, don't ever dye. Oh, like just for men? <laughs> just for men, beard dye. <laughs> oh, I've never, I've wanted to do like a black dye in my hair before just to see how it would look. And I think I would just look weird. Yeah. Um, one last tip for everyone listening and imagining what we're looking like when we talk. Um, Star Trek The Next Generation. Watch it all the way through. It's not that bad. It's a little dated, but the lessons are great and the show is fantastic. Start in season three and watch all of Star Trek The Next Generation. That's my last tip. That's a fun Better tip. person. I love it. Life lessons from Star Trek is all you need. Do you have any any Chad tips for people listening that you haven't shared previously? Um, no. <laughs> I we'll stick to just put your extra money into your maxing out your 401k. That's yeah. a pretty solid tip. First thing, max out 401k. Second thing, max out IRA. Hold on, let me think about that. If you've got diabetes, don't max out your 401k. You're not going to see that money. Sorry, everybody. Sorry, guys. Put it into your mortgage instead. 
Yes. Do you have any rental properties? Did you keep that duplex? No, I sold it. But man, if I had that now, I'd be selling it now. I think bank. We made really good money because there weren't any other rental properties at the time. So it bought higher than we were hoping. Not that much though, compared to today's prices. Anyway. Well, this is, I mean, normally these podcasts go on for two to three hours. So we're right on the money. Awesome. Well, thanks for having me on the podcast, Chad. <laughs> thanks uh, for coming on, catching Bo- up. Boa tarde para all our todos os nossos brasileiros. Uh-huh. Estão ouvindo nos. And eu te amo, todo mundo. Todo mundo. Fun being on here. Yeah, way fun. And good luck with your other next next year when you do another one of these <laughs> i should have dylan on get his side of it yeah that would be fun or have you had salazar on no i haven't done any brazilians yet i want to do a brazilian his english was solid then i don't know if he's out of practice just yeah, like i doubt Portuguese. it but so. yeah i'm i have too much um shame on my lost language skills to try to hold down a conversation interview with a with a brazilian it's yeah embarrassing. <laughs> cool. cool man that's it Thanks, talk to you later all right see ya see ya Diz pra eu ficar